extended unemployment Benny's about to expire? Time to get your fat ass off the couch and find a job. Or is it? Take what's left of your stimmy fortune and go all in with DraftKings.com. Dig through the Cheetos and find all that loose change in the couch cushions where you've been living like a king with all that free money and go all in with DraftKings.com. Summer may be coming to an end, but NFL and college football is just beginning. And what better way to secure your COVID financial future than letting her ride today with DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to episode 33 of the Dump and Change podcast, coming to you from the Odd Man Rush Studios deep, deep in Eagle River Valley. I'm your host, Reed McDonald. Uh, we are a couple guys short, but we are uh, soldiering on anyway. We're, we're missing um, Walter, who I usually throw it to next. Walter's on the East Coast at uh, some hockey tournament with uh, the Dubster, so uh, I thought he was going to call in. I don't know where that technology is at. Hey, oh, maybe you can fill us in with that later. But it, needless to say, we've got uh, we got a good stand-in here. Uh, executive producer Steve Glines. Mr. Glines, what is up? Uh, nothing more than a stand-in today. I'm usually at the kids' table, Rito. Far more comfortable back there with the mute button. No mute button up here with the big boys. Uh, what is up? What's the last week of September? And I'm Getting there. Man, yeah, and tomorrow I'm going to be shoveling for the second motherfucking time. Um, expecting uh, six to 12 inches tonight, right? So might have a snow day tomorrow. Not good for my industry, the roofing. So um, that being said, you guys joke about this for the last year and a half. You're never going to park in here. You're never going to park in here. You're parking in here. Unless I have too many beers and forget or nice. can't. That's fun. I might not be able to put the truck the 30 feet to get in here, but we're going to figure it out. Um, well, I, I just, I, I've heard the six to 12. I heard that. I call it. I call the weather service number. I don't know where, what you guys listen to, but the weather service only said, you know, snow, rain, an inch of accumulation tonight, and maybe an inch tomorrow. So, hopefully, it's somewhere between. Hopefully, it's more on my end. I know all the guys that uh, like to go. Three days ago, they didn't say shit, and I woke up to six. So, true. Zero to six, real quick. So it, it changes by the hour. National Weather Service, you know, has that alert button. It, I, it, they're a day late and a dollar short yeah. on the warning. I mean, yeah, every time. <laughs> well, every time. I was just out in the men's room by the fence and, and it, 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 it's accumulating, it's accumulating. Yep. It's so. accumulating. I may be walking up my hill tonight, but that's all right. Yeah. Uh, we don't have Ginge. Ginge. Hey, if you see Ginge out there, we do not know where Ginge is at. He's uh, missing. Uh, Got to put an APB out on that son of a bitch. He went hunting, right? He's back from hunting. Um, looks like he got a, a nice moose and uh, they did real well. And then uh, maybe his phone is broken. Maybe he is. I don't know, but uh, Ginger, if you're out there, you look the big guy, uh, Ginger. I'm concerned. Um, yeah. yeah. Man, I mean, his mustache. He had the porn stash for a while, which is beautiful, by the way. I love the porn stash. Big fan. My wife made me shave mine off. Speaking obviously. of it, do you think maybe he's in the doghouse? Maybe. Was this boost too small? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but he's not even getting it. Anyway, if you see him, say hi to him. Tell him we miss him and love him. Yeah. All that good stuff. Uh, we're going to kick it over to Kevin. Uh, Hello. What's up, buddy? What's going on? It's, he, been a, it's been a rough day. It's been, been a rough day. day. He, rough he, uh, day. We had a little technical difficulties here a couple minutes ago. And, As uh, Kenny would say, the sweat was beating off my forehead. Pretty, yeah. pretty solid, Bullshit I would say. Bullshit fix it. Yeah. I'm glad Walt's not here. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, uh, God. Cool. Can you imagine? It's all right. I had a setup for a call-in, um, so uh, I'm sorry about the time zone, Walt, but uh, nobody fucking cares. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll leave it at that. 
Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week. I, uh, You're on sabbatical. I'm a little sabbatical right now. Um, Finding yourself? Yeah. Um, working with a very uh, unique individual oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. You're not doing that. You're not doing nothing. You're actually oh, working for... Uh, well, I'm not going to name the business. Or yeah, it owes me 100 bucks. Ooh. Alaska Burst Fide. You owe me 100 bucks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's a whole new thing. So uh, learning the uh, construction world has been interesting. We'll leave it at that. So uh, Especially yeah. with that guy. He's intense. <laughs> Well, Johnny McCormick. Oh, yeah. Who the hell you know, takes you know, a sabbatical? Johnny McCormick? And I know Johnny. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's intense. So, uh, he's intense. <laughs> you know, I like how I was like, hey, we're, we're leaving about 4, right? Yeah, 4.45, we're walking out of the office. So thanks, Johnny. It's cool. Okay. No, no big deal. All right. No well, thanks, Johnny. I walked out of the so. office at 7.30 the other night. So Yeah. 4.45 would be nice. Yeah. He said something about banker's hours. I'm still trying to figure that out. So uh, we'll just leave it at is that. Is he hiring? Jesus. I usually get out of work around 2. That's good. And I don't start real early. So. <laughs> well, you own the place. <laughs> Semi-retired. So. Yeah, as long as it takes to brew a batch of beer, I'm out of there. Not, that's not true. Um, it, what's, it's what goes on inside that time. Exactly. It's exactly. It's quality time. Quality time. Um, but I just got back, uh, speaking of beer. Well, speaking of beer, Odd Man Rush, uh, sixth anniversary. Um, I don't know why I'm plugging it right now because by the time you hear this, it will already happened. So you've missed a good party. Them Bones, they rocked out, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I'm probably dehydrated at this point. Just like the Craft Brewers Conference, I went down there for the Swanee and I and, and uh, my lovely wife went down there for the Craft Brewers Conference. Had a blast. Came back way dehydrated, but uh, one night we ended up at a strip club till 1.30. That was kind of fun with m- myself, my wife, and my niece, um, Aubrey. Um, we met these two gals in the pool from Minnesota. And they were oh. wild. They were they were busty, busty, sexy, busty girls. They're they're big, sturdy. Uh, and, and they're yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were they were a little bit younger than me. They're forty and thirty five, thirty six. Anyway, we get to chatting, and then we're doing shots by the pool. And this is after we go to the craft brewers conference. We had to wind down, you know, you know, wind down at the pool, have a couple cocktails, and they proceed to tell us, yeah, we go to strip clubs everywhere we go. We go on these little girls trips. I'm like, well, the guy, you see the guys, the girls. I'm like, no, we go to the girls ones. The, the girls are stripping. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm down. So, <laughs> I, so they they exchange phone numbers with my wife, and so. We go to dinner with my niece and Cody Ricci, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. which I need to go to another one of those, um, FOPs. Um, we get back. Her phone's getting blown up by these two ladies, and they're like, you guys got to come. And so we get back to the hotel. I'm like, it looks like we're going to the strip club. I'm down. Sean is down. Aubrey's down. Swanee, I'm going to bed. Uh, okay, so Swanee pushed out. Too much red wine. I saw Missed that. a good time. Yeah, he, we, were, we had a couple bottles of red wine. So we... We get there, and, and these two gals from Minnesota are, there's like, we've all been in the Bush Company. I mean, that's a, there's like one stage there. There's like yeah. six or seven round tables in this place. Girls are all, I mean, now I'm old enough to be their dad. I'll, I'll, and I'm, they're, they're beautiful girls, whatever, like way better than up here. Nothing against the Bush Company, but a uh, lot better talent down there. And uh, these girls are, they have the sacks of ones, and they're just, they're, putting them in the, the garter and all this other stuff. So we were having a good time. But I must say, and Swanee laughed at me, but he wasn't there. Um, the whole process, I mean, again, six stages. It's all going on. So you, 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 can, you can watch yours or you can, oh, my God, what's that girl doing? She's juggling, whatever it is. One girl was juggling. One girl was <laughs> like, it was all over the place. I mean, they're just like competing, the compete level uh, was off the charts. The athleticism, again, off the charts. One girl was... 
hanging upside down on the pole while she was, um, you know, juggling uh, these things. And I, I, was, I, was, I was amazed. Spear art. I was amazed. It was, it was very, very great. Uh, but, yeah, till 1.30, so that was kind of, kind of funny. But uh, other than that, uh, Sean and I are having, uh, having to talk uh, again because, uh, you know, we have to talk to each other because we're empty nesters. So, you know, what that's like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you just like, holy shit. You kind of got to talk to each other again because Gabbo's gone. <laughs> Cam's gone. Sutton's moved out. So. So. Yeah, okay. Um, this is awkward. Uh, it's a couple of awkward moments there. No. Um, but the, the best thing that happened to me last week, I fucking bought a couch, right? So I, I told my wife I wanted, I wanted like an L-shaped couch and the thing. And yeah. We needed a new one. So um, we find one on whatever marketplace i go out i buy it i put two of them in my little truck and then i gotta go up i mean it's like a five six piece deal uh turns out to be too big for the area but now we'll get to that in a minute uh it all works out so as we're, we go out there and i call one of gavin's buddies rito called little rito little junior and uh and i'm like hey man i can't i don't know if i can fit in my truck but i need two trucks and you come out there yeah yeah so we go out there put the one heavy section i mean it's it's a it's a it's got the motors and stuff in it. So that thing's heavy. Put that in the one truck, okay. And the other corner piece, like a 45-piece that goes in the corner. So Put it's that. a massage one, though, with no, the motor? No, a motor. No, no, just a, just a, like you hit the button and, oh. it, and it reclines you. Um, and it's got power power set up in it. And it's way over my head. Uh, so he puts it in there. And he's like, should we strap it down? I'm like, ah, fuck, that ain't going anywhere. <laughs> what up, Palmer? <laughs> I get up, we're, we're cruising right right across from the uh, the fair there, and uh, sure enough, real calls. Reno, the fucking thing blew out. And my first reaction was just fucking hysterically laughing. He's like, "It did a three They just like what? Like launched? And why am I laughing at the thing I just paid a thousand some bucks for? And now it's yeah, and it's mangled. Um, but turns out we don't need it, so that's a, it's, it was too big. And anyway, but yeah, that was that was a good. Uh, a lot of heads hanging God. in man camp. When so I hear something I'd, like that. I had to go back to my wife. Go, okay, all right, here's the deal. How is it? That's great. It's great. Well, not really. It's one part got fucked up. Okay, don't yell at me now. Yeah. And that's that was Monday night. That's when I had a couple of beers. I drowned my sorrows. So I was really pissed at myself. So that shit happens, you know. This shit. It's happens. good couch. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. Take, you take stuff like that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's mangled. It's it's broken. We're not using. It. Anyway, uh, had a good party last night with my mom, um, and we had meatloaf. A lot of meatloaf. Uh, my mom eats like a bird. She just turned eighty. She is about that skinny, like a water bottle skinny. And so when she, when we go to her house to eat, it'll be like, okay, I'm sorry, I only three meatballs per she rations the meatballs we're having and i'm like okay no one's rationing anything so i went crazy i went 10 pounds of meatloaf I had nine loaves of meatloaf <laughs> i was sending people home study you want to here whole whole meatloaf swanee meatloaf no mom took a half a meatloaf can you i can eat that yeah so we gave everyone got uh, meatloaf to take home and uh had it for yeah i got, I got the meat sweats going on it's a real everybody thing. has the meat sweats in here everything is uh yeah I, I i'll probably just have beer and water for, for dinner tonight but uh that's where I'm at, but it was, it was delicious. Um, the only other thing I got in my mind, uh, hey, UAC Wolves, we got a UAC Wolf here, former Seawolf um, from the golden era of, of the uh, Seawolf program for sure. Um, they made it, and uh, we're going to talk about that too, kind of where they go from here, but uh, I'm glad they're, they made it, and, and hopefully we can keep pushing them forward to uh, keep them in town. Um, 
ERHL's about ready to start, and uh, we got a new sponsor in the, is it AAA? AAA. Triple A new sponsor, Brandon Bartlett. He's a, um, he's a Chugiak guy. I think he went to Chugiak, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, uh, he plays in the AAA, and uh, Denali Dispensaries, DenaliDispensaries.com. And this episode is actually brought to you by DenaliDispensaries.com. Um, do you want to get hired or do you want to get stoned? That's a question uh, they ask you when you come in the door. Uh, you know, uh, you want to be in the couch or you want to be uh, energetic, head high. Uh, anyway, flour, pre-rolls, edibles, uh, dabs, whatever that is, uh, CBD, you name it. Uh, family-owned business, uh, great knowledgeable staff, great deals, seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Best prices and point system in town. Uh, again, DenaliDispensaries.com, 225 East 5th Avenue, right on the 5th Avenue there. If you're coming from Eagle River, you just go straight, and it's right there on the right. So, um, yeah, thanks, uh, Brandon, for uh, sponsoring not only the podcast, but also the uh, the Hockey League. Can't wait to see those jerseys. That should be uh, obviously green. <laughs> green. I mean, they got to be green, right? Green. I mean, there can't be anything other than green. Um, but uh, without further ado, I think uh, we're going to get – we are uh, – this, this guy, we've – High locker room value. I mean, you want this guy in your team. I'm not trying to take over Walt's job right now, but he's been one of our most requested guys to get on here just because he's a goofy motherfucker. Sorry about that. We do swear. On the, I know his family is, you know, all your families are probably going to listen to this. I'm sorry. We do swear oh, once in a while. Um, so you know, feel free to throw it right back it. or not. Hey, they or heard not. it. Yeah. Or not. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, uh, Mr. Walt, who's not here, but pre recorded. On the heels of saving Anchorage's beloved Seawolves hockey program, it only seems appropriate to get a fan favorite from the early 90s teams. A Bove, Minnesota legend, our next guest grew up a multi-sport athlete playing baseball, football, and hockey. After four years as a Greenway Raider, he graduated high school in 1986. He would stay in the state of hockey, skating for the Rochester Mustangs of the USHL in 1986-87, before heading north to skate for some of the best, most popular teams in Seawolf history with the likes of recent FOPs Pete McEnany and Keith Morris. After college, he would continue to pursue his hockey journey in the ECHL, IHL, PHL, UHL, and WCHL, where he was known for his rough-and-tumble style of play. In his final season, 1998-99, with the hometown Anchorage Aces, he would play 43 games, notch two goals, 10 helpers, and a hearty 133 penalty minutes. This was also the year on February 3rd, 1999, he would be arrested for allegedly high-sticking and attempting to injure Fresno Falcon scumbag Jacques Malat. An act so vicious that Jacques suffered no significant injury and continued playing. We're going to talk about all that and more with Beauvais legend Mr. Dean Turbo. Trebojevich, welcome to the Dump and Change podcast. Do you know what do you think? Huh? Interesting. It, Pretty it, good. It, 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 it was it was good. I, you know, I didn't know what he was gonna gonna say. We never do. Never do. We never do either. But uh, Dino, it's so good good to have you here. Um, first of all, I don't know how you, how did you get the I, I don't know the nickname Turbo. Let's start. I just want to start there. Well, well, with the last name Trebojevich, if you look at the First, if there was a U. By a vowel, maybe. By a vowel. The forefathers never bought that vowel. And, you know, if it was inserted in between the T and R, it would start out turbo. But it was was actually when I was playing in Capital District and they were sliding in the the name tags in the locker, you know. And Loch Ness was the the trainer's nickname. I I think that was his last name. I I don't know. Anyways, he was sliding it in and he, 
he was trying to pronounce my name. He couldn't pronounce it. He goes, just Turbo. And everybody, I came up and it was no secret that I was, that I was fighting. So Turbo was just, was just kind of catchy and everybody caught on and that's all everybody called me was Turbo. WWF from that, uh, right. Yeah. American Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Of course, American Gladiator oh. was a little bit after. I yeah. was, I was pre that. Oh, wow. And so. Well, inspiration for that. So yeah, so you, they didn't call you that when you went to UA. That no. Was, really? No. Okay. I, I figured it was. Like, I had a lot of nicknames, but it was far from that. I got a couple here that uh, you may, well, you may remember, you may not. But uh, so you're, you're from Bove, Minnesota. Right. I, I looked up Bove, not a big town. Well, it's deceptive because my school district is seven towns. And so uh, Mike Peluso being in Greenway, from Greenway High School, there's, there's seven towns. There's, you know, Coleraine, Bove, La Prairie. Taconite, Marble, Pengilly, and all those towns make up our school district. So Bovee is just, they're right next to each other. They're really close. I mean, you is blink, it, you're, you're through my town. Yeah. Is it pronounced Bovee or Bove? Bovee. Bovee. Just like Bovee trophies. Oh, oh shit. shit. Dude, I thought it was Bovee. And so my mom comes in. My mom's from Duluth. She comes in. She's like, no, that's Bove. I'm like, really? <laughs> I go, that's great. I mean, I, I, I want to pronounce it right. Oh, and that, that's Bovee. It had seven bars at one time. So maybe the way you talked when you left, Bove. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Bove. Oh, uh, thanks, thanks for that one, Mom. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, anyway, I, I looked it up. Um, unfortunately, you're not one of the three notable people. Right. Um, Adam Hauser. Good My next door neighbor. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not Stuck, joking. Really. Here, here to uh, Mr. Glein's jersey. Oh, wait, that's the house. Yeah. And uh, he'd always come over. He wanted, loved baseball, the kid. He, was yeah. like, he loved playing baseball. He wanted me to throw him the ball all the time. So that was Adam Hauser. No shit. Wow. Yeah. Played a little bit in the show. Play, uh, won a natty championship with U of M, right, in yeah. early 2000, something like that. Yeah. Um, the other guy is Richard Hung, Hung Sita. I don't know, some San Francisco politician. Not never a, heard of him. Never heard of him. But the big one, uh, Eric Enstrom, photographer of the Grace, which I have, That's a huge which I have in my house. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, yeah. Well, it's oh, huge. Yeah, it, yeah I do. It, it's a uh, next time we're at my house. It's the photograph of an old man kind of praying. It's a picture He's of Grace. Got like a, yeah, it's called Grace. Grace. He's just about it's to have world some renowned. soup. Really? Soup yeah. or something. I don't know what you mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it's great. It's classic. It's totally midway. Every midway. Now around the world. It's, it's yeah. actually really big. Classic. So I'm surprised uh, I'm not in that lineup. Do you want to proofread that again? Uh, you know what? <laughs> We've done a lot of things. Even in a small town. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we could do that, but maybe. Uh, we, well, we were going to do the Steve McSwain. We're going to get the name after Steve McSwain. Have it. Welcome to Steve. This home of Steve McSwain when you drive into Seward. Well, <laughs> that's fucked because the girl won, won this gold medal. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> He's you're, you're screwed. We tried. We had an idea, and then right. she and that good. happened. Um, but talk about the annual harvest festival, the Farmer's Day. That seems Farmer's Day. You wouldn't believe it. My town, I mean, 800 people. There's nothing going on. You know, everybody's got their thing, and but on Labor Day weekend, there's always a parade, and the streets fill up, and they have a big parade, and it's literally four people deep for a half mile, and it's quite the sight to be seen because. We're 800 people. There, there's nothing going on. You know, one little cafe, <laughs> four bars. You know, it's well, it's got to it's got to suck everyone from like everywhere every other town. They don't have anything going on well, either, right? I mean, Hipping's only like what 17,000, 20,000. Yeah, maybe. it's somewhere there. That's but I, I got to tell you, when when the fire trucks go, not to you know be Debbie Downer on some of the parades you'll see here because of so many people. But when the fire truck comes with candy, I mean, there's not oh. a kid that doesn't leave 
with looks like Halloween. Loaded. I mean, they're, they're oh, yeah. just loaded with yeah. candy. So they're running all around. And um, yeah, they always have the some cool mito- motorcycle teams come in and are doing wheelies yeah. and they have fancy cars and you know it's it's quite the event and then you know once that's over then the adults kind of take over and the oh, yeah. fun Bars stuff downtown and, oh, yeah. and no that's yeah, a good time that's awesome you know on the population thing real quick uh, uh you're about 800 now in 1910 you you, you peaked at 1910 at 1400 what what, what happened in in the last 110 the mines the, the range, minerals baby. that's the iron so range the Iron Range has, has so many minerals, and if you've seen the, it's actually filled up with water now that was dug out, and those, those are actually lakes now, and they're mining pits, but they're really deep, have fish in them, and they're actually connected. Okay. So people, you know, you know, migrants, like I'm Slavic, and um, so anyways, all the forefathers came there to, to work in the mines, and they had all tents, and so it's all old country, so all through the Iron Range is, is the same. Great yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, and there's uh, another issue with those lakes I read. I've been reading today while I was brewing. Um, <laughs> that uh, some of them are like above, like uh, could flood the town, and they yeah. need to drain some of them or do something big there. Yeah, but, it's got a it natural spring. You you'd be surprised because when I was it was so early as when I was playing college, um, I was riding a four wheeler or three wheeler at the time. Yeah, they yeah, had three wheeler. Yeah. But we could go down there and hike, go hunting. And there was no water in these pits. They were just deep. They're blocked off. Obviously, you shouldn't have went there. But we could go down there. And all of a sudden, they started filling up. And uh, within, like, it just seemed like in a four-year span, they were filling up to a dangerous level. And, you know, they're, they're I, I think there was, somebody told me there was, like, 400 feet deep. Four, yeah, that's why I read 300, 400 feet deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. Well, I've, I've never been to Bovee. Minnesota. Uh, I've been up to Grand Rapids and been to Hibbing and around there, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool country, man. You've never been to the Greenway Arena? Never been to the Greenway Arena. I thought the All-Stars went there and you were playing there maybe once, but... Um, Again, I don't remember much. Oh, okay. so I, I could have been. Could have been. Could have been. I could have been. Could have been. I'm getting old, as, yeah, as right. you are. Right. Yeah. I think you're older than me, actually, but by a couple of years, not a year. Months maybe. He's a grandpa, Rito. Exactly. Are you next? Exactly. Rito? Congratulations, next? Yeah. by the way. Thank you. It's just, uh, just hard. I don't know if it's hard to accept. It's just in my mind, I'm I'm still, you know, you know, you're up next, you know, yeah. kind of you're in your twenties and your your shift's next. Yeah. But yeah. obviously that's not true. But in my mind, <laughs> give, give me a couple more beers and I'll, you know, right, right. The stories may be stretched some, well, you know. That, that's my. So job. so uh, your daughter Jaden is married now. Has Dax, little cute little bastard. I saw him on there cute little guy man just learning his lungs right now yeah so yeah definitely our little precious joy right now so you got uh your lovely wife tiffany is here too we may get her over here to say a few words she's she's busy (laughs) over there she's having some me time on her phone that's fine um and and you got another daughter uh jacqueline yep jackie and she's what is she doing now she's going to school um for at grand canyon university uh psychology Excellent student. I mean, she's now part of the, uh, I shouldn't say cheer, but uh, what's it called? Havocs. Havocs leader, where they, she's in charge of rallying up the, 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 the crowd during oh, sports nice. games. Nice. And that's totally up her alley. I yeah. mean, she just goes crazy. Awesome. Yeah, she's a high energy person. Nice. For sure. Nice. Intense. Yeah. I wish she would have played the hockey. I mean, right. she would have knocked the crap out of some people out there. It would have been nice to see. But, so, so I know Jaden. Jaden played, yeah, like, all the way, all the way up. So I remember yeah. watching her play. And, yeah, she had the more the the t- 
timid attitude though, where Jacqueline, you know, both kids, two totally opposite, yep. you know. But so how, how is it being empty nester now? Well, actually with Dax, it's kind of nice that you guys get to have him dropped off and hang out with him. You know, actually you, well, that is a great thing, but I get a chance. As soon as I get home, I'm usually um, jumping on the mountain bike or doing whatever. And I'm in the woods mm-hmm. yeah. and, and I'm about an e-bike this year. I'm just ripping around nonstop. Go e-bike, go bike, come back, drink beer. And what about maybe, the sled? Maybe two, right? Yeah, Jamie? snowmobile guy, right? Oh, love snow snowmobile. Machine? Is that what they call it? No. Yeah. Right. Well, now you're not at uh, hockey tournaments in the weekend, so. Right. Oh, that, that's a big commitment. When you're coaching and, and, uh, or playing, it's, it's a big commitment, you know. So now I'm, I'm not attached yet to going back into coaching. I'm, I'm sure I'll be around the rink. I even used to tutor sometimes uh, for a little bit of money, but I don't, I don't do that anymore. But um, I certainly enjoy to watch a game every now and again. But I've enjoyed this time just to take my snowmobile. I go ride with uh, uh, some, some uh, Brent Eaton and those guys uh, that I know. And, and they're kind of extreme. And I don't know if I totally belong with the, the club, but <laughs> I have a good time with those guys. Well, you've got a great Facebook page. If you're not a friend, uh, request. I don't know if he'll take you or not. But <laughs> the video series, it, it's become a little bit of a kind of a Scotty Goes Gomez thing. Like, uh, you're pretty good. You're, your talent's going viral, I think. <laughs> well, he loves the monologuing. Which right. Is, is it He's a, every, other, every other thing I like to uh, – I don't call it Facebook stalking because we're Facebook friends, but I'm looking through there and just say like, every other one is like, hey, it's, it's all him. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. He's a monologuer and I, I'm a monologuer. I don't, uh, uh, I don't know. Actually, I just monologue Steve a lot in the group, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm right. in that monologuing. You got to, got to document that shit, man. You know, the, it, I, I'm just starting to have a lot of fun with that. Just documenting, you know, last year I went down and did some downhill biking at Alieska, but you got to go, you got to go. And I bought mountain bike all the time, but I've never downhill bike. So I rented a bike and, and, uh, it's a different animal. It's a different animal, especially when it rains down there. <laughs> and then yeah. when it was dry, you know, you can hold your edges and, and, uh, it's pretty easy. You know, you're cruising pretty good, but then the, you know, it was wet and I made a couple mistakes. I mean, over the hand, it just took me like 10 minutes and I was over the handlebars for the first time. And let me tell you, when you're fatter and older, it's a long ways down it and it hurts. Feel good. No, it, it does hurts. not feel good. And so, you know, second time I went down, I'm like, damn, this sucks, you know? And I'm watching these young kids, I don't know, what are they, maybe 10, 12, and they're just throwing like a knack knack off their yeah. bike. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, these guys no are incredible. Fear. I got done, I did a little spoof on it, and I said, I can say I did it, but, you know, That's a that young, was a young man's game. It was a young man's young game. Young man's game for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't my game to go big no. on that. No. Uh, it, again, at our age, you fall down. Uh, it yeah. hurts. Yeah. Break a hip. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I hope not. But I'm hoping not, we're not quite there. But right. um, before we get going, uh, my condolences on because uh, your mom passed away yeah. in August. I know uh, your old man passed away before a couple of years ago, 2014, 15? 14, I believe it yeah. was. Yeah. So uh, our, our condolences. I know it's not easy mm. having gone through that. Right. But um, yeah. So th- this one's for Pat. So, right on. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're you've, you've listened to the podcast, I'm sure. So yep. you kind of know we like to go back to uh, kind of where it all began for you and, and kind of follow your journey um, up to this point. And there's a lot of stuff because you've been a lot of a lot of places. Uh, hockey's taking you. Damn every every league that uh, is out there. So it, it's awesome. But um, so 
start with uh, dad obviously played hockey, and we know that because we have a lot in common. Um, our dads played together, I guess, back in uh, Taconite. And senior league used to be something back in the back in the day. I mean, senior league, all community had uh, teams. And uh, anyways, that's all you heard growing up. You know, when we played this or, you know, I think my dad went to Michigan talking about an event that went in Michigan or going down to Duluth and how, how we got screwed by the referees. I mean, you, you always heard some kind of yeah. story. And uh, coming up, I, I don't know if you want to tell the story about um, your, your dad and I playing together, but I came up here. My dad had mentioned that he played with a guy named Harry McDonald lives up here, and I, I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'll never meet him kind of thing, and I met him for the first time, and I, he, he showed me his uh, jacket, just came up to me. He says, I bet you've never seen one of these before, and if you've ever seen one of these leather jackets like Reed just wore tonight, I mean, it's, it weighs five pounds. I mean, it's got the, the patches probably an inch high off the yeah. jacket. It's old school. Stuff? It's great. It's got like the crossed uh, yeah. flags on it. I think it's coming back in style. Yeah, the Canadians always used to have that. Now, yep. I always wanted one of those when I was a kid, but I mean, I know why we didn't have them. They're probably like four hundred dollars. Oh yeah, imagine point. what it would be today. Oh god. For the, yeah. So hockey is expensive enough. We don't need five hundred dollars jackets, but we do need the five hundred dollars jacket. But um, yeah. So but my yeah. dad, I did have, but my dad, I know, probably was a lot different than your dad. I mean, he was pretty hardcore and pretty gruff. You know, the, the, the car ride home was always, uh, I don't know what I did between, good between, you know, between a kid and college, you know, it just seemed like, uh, you know, every incident, he, he had a horrible uh, time explaining to me what the hell I did wrong. He goes, ah, I remember when you're in that corner and you, you know, did this and what the hell were you doing? And I had, you know, you're in the corner 500 times. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and after a while it goes in one ear and out the other, but I have to say though that that uh, the the piss and vinegar though that he brought to to hockey, I, I think it stays with you, and I think that's what I really brought with me as far as if you didn't bring your intensity, the main thing, and I know that's what Coach Mack was yeah. all about was, man, you, you better show up. Yeah, yeah, big you, time. You better compete. Big know? time. I mean, I remember my dad, uh, same thing on the way home with a cup of coffee from Seven Eleven holding the steering wheel and on the dash he's pointing like around the net here's the net and you were here and like again it's like dude i don't even remember what's going on just like total car coaching all the way home uh i just wanted to eat and, and go to bed but uh so so dad played what was your dad's name is it dan dan yeah yeah so he he played growing up yep and mm -hmm. so passed it on to you obviously yeah he played mostly d your dad told me he played forward though when he came together but he was okay you know he was one of those guys that was six two 240 oh, back wow. then so wow. he was a he was big a big boy. man yeah and the whole thing my mom used to tell a story that you know they used to call him pretty boy so if you ever seen pictures of him back then i mean he he was a good looking what handsome guy yeah. but he would be in the dukers you know he was the, the story that i was kind of briefed on where they went to houghton michigan and uh some guy sucker punched him right from the side you know and uh that what they did well, after he sucker punched him the the people opened up the doors after my my, it did knock my dad down, and he went after him. And every, the whole team dove on my dad as they opened up the doors and let the guys out of the gate because my dad was going to kill him, and I guess he was climbing the – back then it wasn't plexiglass, chain. it was chain-link yeah. fence. Oh, yeah. And so he was trying to get him, and then 
he talks about it goes to the bar afterwards and how they're going to get him in the bar and then he tried to go after him in the bar i mean this is old school stuff oh yeah it's, it was, pro- it's probably down the d oh the man. d stadium is right on houghton right on portage <laughs> lake there so, yeah so your dad was pretty much a, a bruiser it was, yeah. I mean, my dad was kind of the same way. He spent a lot of time in a penalty box. And right. we'll get into the whole thing. Uh, Those guys loved to hit back then. It was oh, like big time. way, way different than it was when we played. And now it's even way, way different, uh, more different than, than it is now. Right. But, um, so you start playing probably when you're like three, four. It's why well, I don't know the brother. And that's always the thing with, you know, it starts out where you're, you're on the road, you know, with the snowball nets and, my my neighbor friend Derek Beckish, he played for Saint Cloud, and my brother he just played for Bemidji. Well, he could have. We well, played community college, and and uh, I didn't even want to play for Bemidji, but he could have easily. Anyways, and so played Hibbing Community College, which was really good hockey. But and then, you know, so there was some good neighborhood battles out on the out on the. Uh, the road because there's not a lot of traffic. Right. Right. So there's snow piles and stuff. Yeah, you got to move hockey. move out of the way. And then we go down the strength, the rink, and there, there was a heating shack. So everybody goes there, and it was a rink attendant. So that's what you did after school. I should have been doing a little more homework and stuff. But yeah, yeah. hung around. You know, they closed the lights off at 9 o'clock, and I'm still out there yeah. oh, skating yeah. around. It was yeah. just nonstop. And we had game after game after game planned all the time. Just a rink rat. We yeah. loved it. No, In that- fact, I rode my snowmobile to the rink. No. No joke. So, yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun growing up playing so, hockey. So you you, you played, but you, you played football. Played you football, liked the, the hit baseball. Big, yeah, yeah. Played it, played it all, and that's kind of what you do in that small town. I, well, anybody who knows me knows it's no secret. I love football. Yeah. And um, I always dreamed that I would be playing football, but my my dad didn't like football, but I loved it. I loved to play linebacker, and you know, I in high school I played uh, fullback. I wasn't quite fast enough to run the tailback position. Yeah. Um, but I ended, I think I played a game at it, but it certainly wasn't fast enough to play tailback. But I loved football. Football was a great sport. You know, baseball was one of those sports that I played just to be community with my friends that all, all played. And, you know, I, I was all right. It was okay. Right. But, you know, I'd play catcher. And I didn't like – back then, I don't know. It's still the dumbest thing to this day. As a catcher, why do you catch a – you know – Guy hits the ball and the catcher has to run down the first baseline. Case does the pass ball. To me, that's like the dumbest thing in the world. Why wouldn't <laughs> Why wouldn't the right fielder do that? Tell me that. Why doesn't the right fielder get the ball? You got all the catchers gear on after you run. Because they put the most athletic guys at catcher. Those losers out there. Hey, yeah, I was, probably, I was a catcher too. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, the most athletic guy. Yeah, that was, so, that was one of the ninety feet. Jeez. Baseball. Baseball was a fun sport. I mean, I tell you what, you get a pouch of seeds. I'm one hell of a sunflower seed chewer. Yeah, that, yeah. This floor will be littered within one hour yeah. and go through the whole pack. Get the, the techniques That's down. a skill you learn when you're a bench warmer in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you play – so there's youth hockey, obviously. Yeah. I mean, hockey is king in, in Minnesota, regardless of football and baseball and whatever else they play. I mean, hockey is king. It's crazy. Um, so you end up uh, – playing is your dad your coach is he coaching you he never he never coached well he subbed a couple times uh and it was a like i say it's it's a commitment for everyone my dad worked shift work so he couldn't get committed to a team so he'd work you know day shift afternoons nights you know that's what it was when you worked at the mill and other people that didn't work those kind of jobs usually were the were the coaches so anyways he was thank god he wasn't you know the coach because (laughs) 
I mean, he did enough of it on the way home. I, right, I got every, right, every right. tip I should have done in the world. But after, you know, youth hockey, we had, I don't think we really had my years. I never really had good youth teams. It was right behind me. We had uh, guys like Ken Janander ended up playing, you know, captain of the Minnesota Golfers. Yeah. He was one year behind, uh, you know, drafted by the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And then Chris Miller won the Mr. Minnesota Award. He was drafted by... Montreal, we had Derek Package played for St. Cloud. We had Nybert played for Fairbanks. We had um, Justin Tomberlin played for Maine, drafted by Toronto. Um, we had uh, uh, Miskovich played for Har uh, Harvard. Augustuson played for Bemidji, who was really good. Yeah. But, and then uh, I know I'm missing a couple. Oh, our goalie was Jeff Stolp. Okay. Jeff Stolp with yeah. the Gophers. So the, a lot of talent in a tiny little town where you kind of go out for the team and you make it. Yeah. So it's a lot, lot to be said there. So what, how, what, what was that like back in this seventies, right? I so eight. Yeah. Well, I 70s, graduated eighty six is when I graduated. Right. As a so, senior. but your youth hockey. Do you have like? Was there travel teams? Were you just in a no greenway? Just like well, when we localized? say travel, the farthest trip that I can ever remember doing was was to uh, War Road, Minnesota, which is probably a little over 100 miles, I guess. Wow. And, and so traveling, nobody had money. We had, none of our jerseys fit. They were hand-me-downs. I remember having a, it looked like a, like some kind of, I don't know, like a long coat that somebody would wear yeah. to bed, you know, yeah. almost touching the knees. and Smoking jacket. <laughs> oh, and our, our helmets, just everything we had was just so old school. You know, and then we had the metal metal blades, but you know, we had uni we had uniforms, but our traveling wasn't very far, and it would be if we made a trip, it was really a big deal. Family went to the Holiday Inn, oh, Holiday Inn and it baby. was the parents. It's the parents' trip too, and I I'll never forget it because I'm coaching. And I kind of wanted my time too. You got to have fun, right? So, yeah, we didn't we didn't travel very far. I mean, it was so close to town where there's there's a ton of hockey players all over the place. So it's not, That's great. it's not like up here where you have to go quite a ways to, to play different teams. Yeah. And so we, we always had that. There was a lot of teams around that we could go in a short distance. Well, so. it's still like that. I mean, even like when you, so we'll get into, uh, you went to Greenway, the Raiders. The Raiders, the yeah. The Raiders. Um, play, like, how did you, I mean, for those of you that don't know about high school hockey um, in Minnesota, it's unlike anything you've ever seen especially when you go to the state tournament and I don't know where they play now, but the, they used to play the XL center and it was just like on. It was a St. Paul civic center. There you go. Yeah. Which I never, I was wanting him away twice, but it's, but it's huge. So my little tiny town, we'd have my arena probably fit it fit 1200 people, I guess, you know, and we would, fit, we would probably put a strong eight, 900 people in there all the time, but it was loud. You'd have the high school band. They're playing in the, Cheerleaders would be out on both teams out on the ice and they're during their cheering and they would be chanting on the side. So it got really loud in our, you know, in our arena that I'm is, is underground. So you, you go in, they called it the, the nickname for my hockey was the snake pit. You go into the Greenway snake, snake pit. pit. Yeah. yeah, no joke. So you go into the Greenway as soon as you walk downstairs and there's the rink down there. Beautiful ice. They took great care of it. Ken Janander's dad ran the rink and, uh, Man, it was just perfect. Ice. Was he the high school coach too? Yeah, Bob? he was a high school coach. Yeah, yeah. So is that rink still there? Is it still? Oh yeah, same. same oh yeah, that's awesome. Same, same thing. It's it's you know newer. You know it's got new paint and they they've expanded the upstairs. You know, it's, but 
back when, I mean, there were so many great games that were played in that arena. I'm talking the high school games when you got, I couldn't wait. The biggest throw when you're a hockey player growing up, you got to push the nets when the Zamboni between the periods, you'd be down there, Bob, I want to move, I want to move the nets. So it was big because everybody's watching. You think, ah, look at Dino's down there moving the nets, yeah, you yeah. know, and I got to move them and, you know. It was, it was a big deal. That's you know? awesome. So what, what's the best uh, that when you played that you guys ever did in state or did you go to state? or We got beat by Hibbing twice. Hibbing went to, to state. We, we were run up. We were section seven. We played in the championship against Hibbing twice. Uh, once with Mike Peluso. He was my defensive partner there. We didn't make it. They were, you know, a bigger school. We were, we were smaller. Uh, didn't make it. And the next time we, we didn't make it again. But, uh, you know, but. My school went on strike my sophomore year, so we we couldn't play anybody for for weeks. But your, uh, just your school went on strike. Well, no, the, the school y- district. Yeah, our school did. Okay, just I believe it was just our school wow. district, so we couldn't play anybody. So it was kind of, it was wow. it was tough, and um, I remember fights breaking out in practice and everything because kids were just, just sick of practice. You right, just wanted right. to play a game. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's brutal. how big was the school? Population eight hundred. How big how was the school? Uh, my graduating class was uh, it was less. It was less than five hundred. I, I forget how many four hundred and some. Wow, that's pretty. From the ninth grade up. Oh wow. Yeah, tiny. So, so who, who's your biggest rival, Grand Rapids? It used to be. Now they now they've changed ways. It used to be called the Grand Rapids Indians. Now it's the Thunderhawks. And but Grand Rapids. My dad worked at the paper company, which is in Grand Rapids. So all the way growing up. God forbid you ever lost a game to Grand Rapids. I'm telling you, it was the, probably the worst <laughs> car ride home work. for, oh, I, my dad used to blaze my ears off, you know, because he had to work with those guys. And yeah. I don't want to jump too far ahead, oh, but yeah. the day when UAA, we went down to Minnesota, and, you know, the golfers, just the golfers, I mean, they got it. Tremendous hockey team oh, every yeah. single year. Every, every, just, every Minnesota kid wants to play Oh, there, right? I dreamed of it, right. you know. And uh, anyways, we go down there, and of course, he's getting lipped at his, at his work about, yeah, whatever, Anchorage, you know, he, I can't talk about Anchorage, and it's like, whatever, you know, yawning. And we went down there, and we beat those guys down there, and I've never seen my dad so damn happy. He was yeah. like, stick it to those guys. We, yeah. But we had a good team, though. We had a hell of a team. We went down there, Steve Bogavis and Larson and oh, man. Donald and Matt Crafty and and we hit the crap out of them too. That that's what they didn't like. They said we were the new North Dakota, but I I just remember hitting I forget who it was right through the boards. The the door the the latch broke on their board when I hit them. But but it meant a lot to me too because I I kind of wanted to wear those those jerseys over there. But after I played at UA, you know, like yeah, I I like it here. I'm glad it couldn't happen better. Yeah, know, living in Alaska. Oh man, and, and that's yeah. uh. <laughs> I, I love that coming out. Just, yeah. uh, they made him sick because you were well, uh, not too like you said not to get too far ahead of yourself, but um, University of Minnesota is one of those places that where you're looking to go, obviously. And they oh, were they were talking to me. They, I went down there and I remember talking to Doug Woog and talked to him for um, quite a while. And the the embarrassing thing about this whole thing is um, school. I I wish I would have bared down and you know that well if I was good enough I can go play anywhere and they like me well um I wasn't I didn't start really working at it until I was in 11th grade and then I had good grades after that but it was prior to that I was it was a terrible student and uh that was one thing where the where I was borderline and and uh right out of a Doug Woo's mouth said you know we're going to give the scholarship to Lance Pitlick because um you know 
you're you're kind of a risk. We don't feel like you know you you're right there, and UAA took the risk, and so I did really good. I was a, a 3.0 student, you know, yeah. at UAA. So it's not that I couldn't do it. Right. So if there's any kids listening, you know, you better take that serious because like, you're going to take that with you for a lifetime. You know, big so, time. And uh-huh. I back when I'm, you know, everything's in a mining community. Everybody's either working at the mines or the paper mills or something. So nobody's really enforcing that. And if it's not really, really enforced at home, you know, my parents are like, Oh, how'd you do it? You got to see it. And like, what the hell are you doing? You know, it wasn't like, right. Anyways. Yeah, but, no, that's a, that's a good lesson. All you kids out there, listen up because yeah, I, well nowadays, I mean, um, you could be a, a badass hockey player and if you don't have the grades to get into some of these schools, um, you know, You've it's, done you've done yourself a huge disservice. Yeah, you're even if you're the top top guy, your selection goes from whatever ten to maybe two because you yeah. don't have the grades. So right. that, that's a good one. So you play um, at uh, the Greenway Raiders. You graduate in '86, and the next year, how'd you end up in Rochester, Minnesota, with the Rochester well, Mustangs? Well, so I got a little side story to that. Yeah. So. In Minnesota, at the end of the year, senior year, they have what they call a north-south game. And it was a real it was a green-gold game. And uh, the northern Minnesota kids played the southern Minnesota kids. So the northern kids, <clears throat> we had a couple good ones. We had Rob Stobbers, the goalie. Oh, yeah. Uh, George Palawa, who's the one who died in the car accident, first-round yeah. draft choice to the Flames. Big, big man. Um, so there's some other ones you probably wouldn't remember. Terrell that played for Duluth that got hurt. But, man, he would have been a sensation. Um, the cities had, you know, Lance Pitlick, Sean Podine. Yeah. I mean, they, they were freaking loaded. And we went there, and we were the underdog, and they were thinking the cities were going to beat us, but there was no way in hell. We ended up beating them. Anyways, Herbie Brooks picked a team to go go play Boston. So it was a Minnesota-Boston series. So Herb Brooks had pre-picked the team, and it kind of ticked me off, and I wasn't on that team, and his kid was on there. So it really, really kind of upset me. Well, Frank Serratore puts together another team that goes down to the Chicago and Alaska had a team that went down there too. It was a Chicago high school tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So we went down there and uh, we ended up winning it down there. And Frank coached uh, the Austin Mavericks. Then he brought it to Rochester. So that's how he goes, well, come on and play juniors. Well, juniors back then when I played was not really the thing to go. Like if you didn't go play for the golfers immediately right out of high school, well, then you went to the community college and you just go start your life, or the or Minnesota Duluth, either one. That's kind of what you did. And I just, I couldn't accept it. And, you know, Frank Serratore said, come on down. No, you play all these games. It made so much sense. You play 80 games. Yeah. You play eight, pro and, schedule. And yeah. you're going to be so much better, you know. And so, I, I tell you what, I mean, I learned so much. Frank Serratore was a goalie from Greenway. Yeah. And uh, you talk about a guy tough on you. Wow. You know, he... He cusses up a storm, rips. Well, you know, I mean, he just would rip you upside down the other. But, man, I'll tell you what, we had a hell of a hockey team with the uh, Rochester Mustangs. And playing all those games, you just start to get your confidence starts to grow. You're growing as a a, more of a man, you know. And with all that ice time, you just slowly get better and better and better. And uh, it was just a huge stepping stone for me that I think it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, big you know. time. Well, that, it's not like back in those days. I played at Rochester the next year. We'll get yeah. in that second. But um, from Alaska, that was that was the goal. I mean, you you left maybe your senior year. If you're really good, you know, 
you leave at 12, but, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it, uh, but you, you left those last couple of years and went and pursued, um, junior hockey. And that was kind of the goal for us. I've grown up here. It was a goal was like, go play juniors, go play division one hockey. That was the goal. Right. And, and if you could go on the pro, but division one, that was the, the focus of everything. But, but Rochester, um, I remember coming there the next year because you guys won the national championship yep. that year. Yep. You, you said you beat Compuware? Compuware, yeah. We beat Compuware the next at, year, too. Oh, really? So at, we, at in it. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. We beat them at home. And yeah. They were cocky as hell. Yeah. And they had like 18 guys, or I can't remember, some ungodly amount of guys that were all committed. Right. And now every USHL team has much changed. If you make a USHL team, you're committed usually do. I mean, there's like right. maybe – Half a percent of the kids are not committed D one, but back That's then it unbelievable. Wasn't like that. it's unbelievable. You get in that league, it's like you, it's like a golden ticket right. almost. We but. had an anomaly though when at Rochester. I don't know how many people turned Division one off. I think we had like team. ten, maybe twelve. I, 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 someone told me it was sixteen with us. We had fourteen yeah. when it went down the roster that played Division one hockey, which was unbelievable. We were fifty eight, thirteen, and two. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and I got. I have a ring, naturally, but I can't wear it just because my yeah, Fingers too. got too me fat, too. And so it stays in a box, and I yeah. pull it out every once in a while when I when I, you know, share it with the kids or whatever, show them what that was, and yeah. where where was that again? You know, it was a big thrill, though. Dude, that was that was a huge, and that, and then the next year, my year after you, that was the place to play. I mean, it was everyone wanted to play there, uh, and so Frank, I got probably, probably told the story, but Frank Saratori was. Hit moving on. We're, we're, I can't remember where he's going, but he was he was Ke- Kevin Constantine's coming in. So Casey's mm-hmm. coming in. Saratori's mm-hmm. out, but Saratori wants a hand in picking his team. And so Saratori, who I love dearly, I right. mean, I, I, every time you see the guy, he he he's awesome, yeah, great guy. Um, and he he cut me. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he cut me. And he's like, I was like, okay. So I'm I'm I packed my bags. I'm like, oh, I'm going to BC League or whatever. You know, whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And Casey called and was like, hey. Uh, as soon as Frank's out of here, I'm, I'm calling you back. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So <laughs> that's I, awesome. and then, you know, then I had to shove something in, his, in Frank's face after I scored the game winner, but that doesn't happen a lot, but yeah, right. um, it was great. So, um, but Frank is just a quality guy. Um, so you play, you play there. Um, how much uh, interest are you getting? And from what schools? I had, I had a lot of, I had Minnesota talking to me quite a bit and uh, you know, Toured the school, watch Corey, you know, Corey Millen play, Stevie McSwain, go there. And you just, I mean, you, it's just an unbelievable experience when you want to, you dream of it. You're going to say, like, wow, I'm going to play. And they're only, they have two scholarships that year. They had one or two. One or two. Yeah. And so I didn't get the one. I mean, that's how limited. Other than that, you have to, you're going to walk on. They'll give you a partial. The, the, partial I mean, yeah. they'll just drink out. And it's kind of spendy and all like that. You know, I had... Um, there was a lot of other schools. There was Northern Michigan. Um, you know, there's others kind of side, side conversations. You get, you know, letters. And I don't know how much it really means, you know, when you get a, get a letter. Uh, Fairbanks, they get right out of high school, I had a scholarship to Fairbanks. And this is how misguided I was. I never took my college entrance test. And so I couldn't go, you know, I wouldn't be able to play. I'm like, I couldn't do that. And my, I remember I took a shellacking for my dad what the hell are you doing why didn't you take the test and but I was just you know I, I I wish I had more guidance you know back then I can't blame anybody but myself right but I had it right out of high school then I went to juniors and, and you know my dad you're gonna get hurt you're gonna blow it but the best thing happened was when you know uh, Don Lucia 
came there yeah. and watched me play. And pretty much Frank says, this is, this is your new defenseman right here. And that was, that was it. And then uh, Brush came down with Lucia. I can see him. Well, you know, they said, you're going to come in, you're going to change our program, is what he said. So, like, I was fired up because I knew, well, Mike Peluso was up here. Yeah, I was going to say, Peluso yeah. was been so, in your year, too. I mean, I played baseball with Mike, football, um, you know, hung around with him. I mean, it was family. I mean, I, I know Mike extremely well. You know, we talked to him, like, you know, how you doing? I knew it was a bigger icer for Mike cause because he went to juniors. Like, man, how did Mike get so good? Because if you met Mike when he was younger, he had a, Mike had a belly. I mean, he just started working out when he started playing football for Greenway, and he'd, you know, he'd do jogging on his own. He was kind of shy about it because he was just so fat and slow. And I'm really, like, yeah, oh my God, was he short or did he not no, he, did. Or he, he was, he was, he, always, he, tall? He was always tall, but he, he hadn't caught up to himself. He was fatter. He didn't take care of himself. What he ate. I mean, he always talks about the funniest damn thing. He'd be at the bus stop. He's slamming an orange. Uh, coke at 20 below waiting for the bus to come i mean it's one of the most comical guys you've ever met in your life mike yeah. so anyways he, i'm on the phone talking to him what do you what do you think do you like it up there and then they gave me tickets to watch them play they played duluth um one time and they were beating duluth and i'm like i couldn't believe how good anchorage was you know i'm watching you know chris lavasser and uh you know Peluso out there and i'm like Man, I, can, I know I can do this. I know I, I know I can stay with them. You know, Minnesota Duluth ends up beating them because they were just so thick. And, right. Um, but they kind of sold it for me, and I love the bigger ice surface. I'm more of a skater. I love the big ice. It gives you an extra, you know, 10 feet to throw a pass and stuff. And once you get used to playing in the Sullivan, I want to stay in the Sullivan. Yeah. You know. Tim, now, Tim we, more feet to run a guy. We haven't <laughs> talked about brush punch on the show, but uh, so if Lucia kind of put it on a tee, recruited you, yeah, and Brush came down to seal the deal. What was what was that like meeting him for the first time? Brush does didn't say much. Brush is I, he pretty much let Lucia I think make the decision. He pretty much I mean he didn't talk a lot. I mean Brush is a hell of a hockey player, and oh, yeah. uh, he didn't say much. And he probably already had it made up in his mind. And there wasn't really much to talk about than than get your ass up here. I mean you had to get to know Brush. I mean I was just. I was just blown away how it was when I came up here and met Brush for the first time. Uh, there was a what, Clint Mothy got married up here, and I, I never really drank any, any beer, and I was gonna be straight, and there was a wedding, and I sat down there at the table, and I wasn't having any beers or anything like that, and, and Russ says, what the hell are you doing? And I'm, what, are you gonna, you're gonna have a beer if you wanna have a beer? I'm like, no, he goes, have a damn beer, would you? You know, he's all. <laughs> We got plenty of time to get in shape. Don't worry. Yeah. You could have a beer. And I'm like, I was laughing. But he was a tough guy to, to play for when he was in a bad mood. Let me tell you. Yeah. He was really tough. But at the end of the day, with the, I understood him a lot better as I got to my senior year. And you finally figure out he wants character people. And he wants people to compete. I think that's why we were successful. We had seemed like misfits in places that didn't fit in. And he liked it. And he kind of brought out some of that grit in you and yeah we we had some great years with brush but there's there's some times man where he he just made it hell on me you know and everybody else at, at times and everybody had their you know piece of you know i hate i hate that about him but i think maybe every player goes through that but he he was a he was a tougher guy but man i can't think of some of the experience i had where you could ever have that today about some of our road trips and how loose it was and you know 
not fighting the practice. Hey, come on, guys, knock that shit off, and we'd be playing or telling a story and what a you know. A totally different experience, I know, than what you could have today, for sure, playing for Brush. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big we time. appreciate it, yeah. Well, that, that, that whole – your era, I mean, I don't know if there's another era that is – no offense to the guys that came before you and, or after, but, man, that, that, there's something special about those teams you were on in that wheelhouse. I mean, uh, you guys took that program, you know – I remember watching Joey Hayes and, and Pete McEnany and those guys play and Mothy. And then you guys just took it to another level. And you're right. It was guys that were like, uh, like Sean, Sean LaFroth. Why isn't Dean, why isn't Dean Larson playing at like oh my Wisconsin or some huge school? And he's a freaking yep. unreal hockey player. Electric. Yeah. And you had a bunch of those. Derek Donald's another one. Yep. Little guys. That way he didn't go. I mean, who knows? But he was a fucking stud. You guys had like Rob Kahn. I mean, you guys. Jeff Batters. Yeah, just yeah. unbelievable. Yep. Um, but uh, I just never, don't know. I think it's a chemistry when you have a, you know, you look at it and you watch films like, oh, you know, he's not the greatest skater. He didn't have the best hands. Or he did, maybe he didn't have the best shot. But you start putting the puzzle together every line and uh, the way our team fit together and then we were community we all hung around the same house we just loved each other and so yeah. um we we just really gelled at this team and that's a big deal because you can be on some teams and there could be some prima donnas on that team and they don't really gel and they're right. selfish and and we definitely were not yeah i mean and having a character like dean larson probably he's got to be the funniest guy ever in the locker room i don't know if there is funnier than that guy i mean what a great i was roommates with him and I heard the two of you together were like that was like pretty much. Uh, you know, oh, we gotta go back on the ice, gosh, guys. Like, stop fucking around here. Yeah, it, yeah, he's a good guy. A lot of them are not clean, but it, it, he's definitely a fun, fun teammate to have. Well, I I just remember. I mean, like I was playing at Michigan Tech at that time. I wasn't good enough to play at UA, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, it it was like it was great to see. I mean, that's and actually looking at at back at that. It's hard to believe that UA was even ever on the chopping block. I mean, cause they're they're just gonna get bigger. It's just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you know whatever happened happened. But uh, I'm glad we have them back. Um, real quick, I want to talk about was it 90-91? You guys, I don't know if it was the crowning achievement for UA. It was one probably one of them. But when you guys swept BC yeah. at BC, huge. And you had the, the hemline, yep. which was uh, the hemline, Steve, Hines, Hines Emma, and, Emma and McKenna. So yep. they're all Hall of Famers at that school. Yep. Uh, I looked at the um, overall school record. You guys are still. Uh, You're missing the best player, though. One, three, and one. I'm going to get to him. But you guys are one, three, and one. Or they're, like, Boston is one, or Boston College was one, three, and one versus UAA. Really? <laughs> yeah, they've they've won one. Yeah, it's crazy. So, wow. but uh, you're talking about Billy Garen was on that team. But, yeah. So I can't remember where I heard this. Maybe on another podcast you're on because this is the second podcast, ladies and gentlemen, as many weeks, right? It's just like, right. Um, but were you playing forward? I played forward. We had all these inju injuries. Uh, Derek Donald got hurt. Uh, Dean Larson got hurt, and so it was up to. We had an excess of defensemen, but I could play both, and so I played forward. I love to play forward. Who doesn't like to score a goal, you know? Yeah. Because you're held, you know, half your life, which I think you want to be up front. You want to, you want Getting to, this little taste of the glory. Oh, man. A little taste of the glory. So get the horse blinders. I let it fight. But, you know, I played up there. I had a lot of fun. Um, 
So the transition was easy for me, easier for me than it was for any other one to fill that void. And I finished out, I think I played the last, I forget how many games the regular season was and then all the playoffs. And I played against, you know, played a lot of ice time up in Boston. And yeah, it was, but I, I heard it was you that was like, partially like you you were shutting down that that hemline yeah that was yeah we went out we we went on we just hit them and i yeah. knew who they were and, and they were good i mean yeah. emma won the hobie baker award yeah freaking stud emma mckinnis and and billy garen i just remember this sticking out i'm like you know of course he was a young man he was 18, yeah. 18 at the time i mean you talk about a freaking stud yeah i mean but i mean the whole team i mean i i'd have to even look at the lineup and say you know you know, who didn't make it off that team. Right. But you talk about just beautiful hands and, you know, the bigger type player. But, you know, they didn't come to play that weekend. And we were fired up. We had a hot goalie. And the stars got in a line and we took them, you know. So that, that's once, when you guys twice. were an independent, right? Yeah. You're independent. We were independent. In the, yeah. And then and, where do you go from there? You went to? After that. Northern Michigan. Is that the right. same Right. We, we went to Northern Michigan. That's when uh, Tony Zabo. Did you play with Tony Zabel? I played with Zabes, yeah. Okay. You so talked Tony... about him on the other podcast. Right. Dude, that, yeah, one of the best players I've ever played with. <laughs> I mean, as far as it just, like you said, slippery, sneaky, yeah, crazy, crazy shot, ugliest curve I've ever seen on the The worst in the stick. business. Just, just like, an oh uplift on the stick, Steve, you wouldn't believe it. It was, it was like straight up. I didn't know how that could be legal. It's like a wedge. It's like yeah. a golf wedge. Yeah, he I... would just, like you say, he would just like, and it'd be barred down before yeah. he knew it. I saw him on a face-off one time, just took that. As soon as the guy dropped the puck and it was a, we were behind and it was right off the face, I was like, boom, bar down in. I could not believe that somebody did that right off the face off. But he did that stuff not by luck. He, he did it. He had a lot of points for us. So, so coming back around to what you were talking about earlier, Zabos was not the best student. I love you, Zabos, but you were not the best student. No. I think they called it Prop 48 or something to get him in the Northern. So he was uh, – him and I were the same age. We left Rochester, and like my first year at Tech was, what, 80, 88 – or no, 87, no, 88, 89. This is 90, 91. He's a freshman and he's like, he's like 22, but he scores. I mean, I, I, I wish I had him here. Uh, he had like some ungodly amount of goals. I mean, almost a goal a game in college. And the yeah. WCHA at that time was like, whoa. And yeah. I, uh, yeah. unreal player. But so he was playing at Northern. Was he play, in, playing that game? Cause I went yeah. to that game cause Michigan Tech was already playing golf at that point. Um, and we and it's like two hours away, so I drove to that game and watched that game. Oh, you did? Because uh, a lot of guys uh, that were playing at Tech knew, like, Dallas Drake yeah. and Sukarov and all these guys that were um, at Northern. So they got us tickets, and we drove there and had a few Barty Pops. And, I mean, you guys played – it was a good game. I can't remember yeah. what the score was, but – They were low. I think they, they, was, they were – They were unreal. They were good. I, I, they went, I think they won it all that year. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They won the national so you, championship. So that's not bad, getting beat by the, the guys did that. Getting beat by the champs. We, but in all fairness, you know, we, we were without Donald. We were without Spooner. We yeah. were without Larson. Yeah. The, top, the top three scorers on our team out, and, yeah. you're, and you're still – And still right in there. You're, you're still right in there. Yeah. So, you know, we had to have the – you know, we just brought the mashed potato team. Yeah. You know, where we're, we're hitting. That was kind of the – that was kind of our thing. Yeah. You know, if we're going to get one, we're – Eventually we will. We're yeah. going to keep it out of the net first. We had good goaltending, and, and you know that, that they were just a little bit too good for us. But we hung in there. They they were they were sick. I don't know how many guys on that team went to have good pro careers, but it was a. I played quaint, against several quaint. several in the minors. They're good. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Yeah. So that that was fun for me to to watch you guys play down there for sure. Um, anything else? Um, 
about the UAA thing, I, I kind of want to talk about where UAA is now. Um, uh, they got they got the money to to uh, to continue, but kind of what do you know? Or maybe you don't. I mean, kind of what is the next plan? Because I I feel I feel they they need to they'd be short sighted if they don't build a rink on campus or something or make that rink. If they don't have that, I feel that it's, 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 it's gotta happen. It's, it's gotta happen. You know, everybody, everybody says the same thing. Why didn't the Alaska airline center have a rink put in? Everybody knew it. This is a hockey town. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would have recruit. I mean, that's a big recruitment tool. How can you recruit somebody that comes into the town? You go, you go down to Michigan or you go to Madison, Wisconsin right. for the Badgers or Minnesota, wherever it is. And you go into the school, you walk around like, wow, this is good. You know, you come to UA, all you have is the, the sports center with the one-sided rink, you know, and then you can talk about the, you know, whatever that's worth, the wonder years. That, that this is so far past gone. It's, you know, it's right. about the kid at the time. So you're recruiting that kid. You got to sell them on something. And I think if they embraced it and really you know, got a nice arena, small one, make it so the, yeah. just the minimum popular and make it loud and low ceiling. Right. Yeah. Up, yeah I, I get, yeah. get it loud and, and I, the community will support it, you big know? Time. And I think that, uh, recruiting is a big thing and I think they missed out on it. And I, and I have to say this blue collar town, and I really think, I know they frown on some rough stuff, but I just think then that when they come into this, I say Sullivan or like, you know, you paid the price. You 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 you're gonna get hit when you come below the blue For sure, you're gonna get hit, right. and there's a penalty. That, and and it, I tell you what, the fans love it. You go into any single town. Well, when I played, when there was a tough guy, who was the favorite player? You know, yeah. besides the wing one wing Gretzky, it's always a tough guy. Yeah. Look at all the jerseys in the in the stands. It's a tough guy. Yeah. Every time. And so I think they do the same thing. You know, there's no fighting in in college, obviously. But they do love physical hockey. Oh, yeah. you know, they get all fired up for a Friday, Saturday night. You know, they practice all week. And there should be some hitting. There shouldn't be. I went there when they were they was losing constantly. I thought, wow, let's go support. Let's go support. And I'm watching it. Corey Wright's boy was, was, was playing. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go watch. And I'm in the corner where you could have some beers. And I'm watching. And I start critiquing. And I'm trying to cheer. And, and I'm watching some of the defense, you know, letting them get to the net. And I, it's just driving me crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no wonder there's nobody in the stands here because there's nothing going on. Right. I mean, I don't understand why, you know, that you, you couldn't instill it in those boys to, to hit more. And I think that more people would come and you'd take away, you know, if, if you're not at least winning the first night. When somebody comes into town, you got them with dead feet. You Boom. win the first night. Well, they just travel all the way up to Alaska. Yeah. That's when you jump you take on them, pound yeah. the hell out you of take them. them. Yeah, Friday night should be like a yeah. Yeah, a battle for sure. Absolutely, you get that first night, you 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 got to at least split at home. Yeah, and 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 uh, I don't know how well that's instilled in them. And I know there's there's a lot of good teams out there, and I can say the hindsight, you know, you know. But I mean, it's all about an attitude. Yeah, I mean, if if you get somebody who with mediocre talent and competes like a son of a gun, and you have somebody with a lot of talent doesn't. That doesn't put out. Oh, yeah. I'll guarantee you the talent. The one's not going to win because, because the heart's going to beat them Big every time. time. Big so. time. Well, I I hope UAA. I mean, I don't know what the 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 plan is there, but I do hope they can come back. But I I think if they don't have a rink, it's a tough. It's tough it's a hill. tough one. It's a it's a. It may have to morph into. I've even daydreamed about maybe a, 
more like a community college if there's a lot of small teams, regardless of the level, if there was got a lot of excitement that way. I mean, right now the Wolverines are, are hot, but they don't have a, an arena either. <laughs> That's a travesty. Too. And, and so uh, it, it's a it's a tough battle right now. The, you know, getting COVID under control is, is, is a is a big deal. But um, certainly love to see some hockey in this town. And, and if we had a rink, a nice one, not not mediocre, just but, but make it nice and small and where people can bring their families and come in, make it comfortable so ladies are coming in and they can have a nice spot to sit and, and let's get some action in there. Well, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, like a 2,500-seat, 3,000-seat arena, low ceiling. Yeah. Get it rocking, like you get said. Get it rocking. So that, we're right on top of them. Yeah. And uh, that is, and 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 that's also a place where, you know, if the city's listening, which they're not, um, they could uh, have the high school hockey state tournament would be great in Anchorage. I'm sorry, nothing against someone art center or wherever else, but have it in a venue like that. Um, you know, it'd be awesome. Like Silver Arena, maybe a little too big when they used to have it there. It was kind of like yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's like crickets. Too it was too, yeah, you it's too even, too soft. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have a lot of people in there to make that that place loud. But. Right. So so ho- hopefully that happens. Um, uh, I was going to say, um, so you, you're playing at UAA and I'm going to say you're kind of more, you're, I mean, you're rough and tumble guy, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you're more of a skilled guy, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, college, yeah. you, you were, you, you played some power play time. Did you not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. even in, in pro and stuff, mm-hmm. but what was the transition? Obviously there's no fighting in, in college. You did like to, to body up on guys, which is, which is awesome. Um, but was that like a hard um, easier. transition or is it easier no. transition to become like Easy. that enforcer? Got, well, you know, I, you know, I had, uh, Tim Molly came in and helped coach and it was this guy, he played, but I forget how many years pro Tim Molly played, but it's so refreshing because you have a lot of practices where you have a forward as a coach and they don't, he was old school and you just have these practices where you don't get separated. And so you're not taught really how to play as a team. Okay. Dean, here's how we're going to play a one-on-one. Here's how we're going to play a two-on-one. Here's how we play a three-on-one, three-on-two. And so your mind is start thinking. You're watching other people come to play. You know, you're getting your stick in the passing lanes. You're not allowing so many shots on goal. So it, the conversation gets a lot deeper. And then we're working on our footwork all the time. We're working on our passing all the time. Pretty soon, things are getting polished up that you never did before. Yeah. And so that, and then you're learning. And then when you get to the pros, I mean, no joke, you can be sitting next to somebody who doesn't even speak English. So he's a Russian player, Slavic player, can't speak yeah. English, but doesn't really have to speak English. He knows exactly, you see a diagram, he's, you're going to play right with him. I mean, hockey is, is pretty simple, you yeah. know. There will be different types of forechecks or whatever, um, and, and you just pick it up. Yeah. You know, so. So you, so you get done with UA. Um, obviously, we all – when we start playing hockey as little kids, want to play the NHL, and that's right. that's the ultimate goal. Um, so you said, "Hey, you're going to try and make a make a go at it." Uh, so where, where's your get first in stop? touch? Get in touch. Well, I called uh, Bob Janander. Bob Janander's still a, uh, an NHL scout, big one for the San Jose Sharks. So um, he says, "Well, you need to get a hold of Kevin Constantine." KC. Yeah. So. So Kevin Constantine ran the, this camp in Brainerd where he could work out all summer. There's professionals that came in all the time. And he's got all these contacts. Why don't you give, give him a talk? So I give him a call. And Kevin, I introduce him. I say, hey, Dean Chaboyevich, you know, blah, blah. He goes, I know who in the hell you are. I said, what, I said what, do you, what do you want? And I said, well, I want to come down to skate. I want to tell him my dream. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I, th I think I can, I think I can make it. I see so-and-so. I said, I, I'm, I, I, I'm stronger than anybody. I'm, I'm faster. Why, why not me? I told him, why not me? You know, but that was what my Bob Janander told me. He goes, you need to sell yourself because nobody else will. So I got a little bit out of my comfort zone, you know, so you pumped your tires a little, a little bit and you know, I'm like, Kevin, you know, I want to play. He goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, the Olympic team's coming through. They're having their tryouts. Why don't you come down? And uh, how long do you want to stay for? I said, well, I want to stay for the whole summer. I want to really get in shape. You know, I, w I want to I try out because that's when the uh, North Stars went. Uh, and they, they no longer exist. They got their talent split between the Dallas Stars and San Jose. San Jose, yeah. So they had a lot of those players going. So through the Olympic players, this is no joke. This is where I met Billy Guerin. He's down there. So we played together for a whole, whole at least a week. All those guys and meeting all the guys on the team and and uh, everybody's when they're leaving, you know, everybody said see you see you down in St. Cloud, see you down. So that's where they were having uh, their inner squad games down there and stuff. So Billy's like, we'll see you, we'll see you down there. So I'm 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 here. He goes, you're not going. I said, oh no, I'm. I'm just a schmo here. I said, I'm hoping to try out, yeah. you know, but he goes, you're shitting me. He goes, of course, it was Billy Garen. He could have been sugarcoating. He goes, you're one of the best one here. He goes, I haven't been able to get around you at all down here. You know, it kind of popped my tires. Yeah. And so I took it for what it was worth, you know, because he was one hell of a player, yeah, let me yeah. tell you. So, I mean, there was, there was some, you know, Carney and, uh, I mean, Carney. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that for skilled defensemen yeah. down there for oh, Team yeah. USA and stuff. So... I just knew that I was going to jump. And so when Kevin Constantine um, had, you know, had scouts and stuff coming through, and then at the very end, um, he invited me. There was the Calgary Flames came through. And so Kevin brought me into uh, his office one, one day, and I thought, well, what do you want, you know? He goes, well, Calgary came through, and uh, they saw you, and they, they, they want to invite you to camp. And he, and he hands me this package. He goes, fill all this out. He goes... And let me, let me tell you how we do stuff around here. He goes, you're going to next day this to him. He goes, we don't mess around here. Don't go bring it to U.S. post office so it doesn't get there. You next day air this information to him. Get yourself signed up. And I said, I'm on my way. Yeah. I'm starting a car. Yeah. You know, so that's how I got, you know, they came through. They watched me uh, right at the end and invited me. I think I was, they usually invite 70 people, but I was number 72. Uh, into the Calgary Flames camp, they, they let me in there. So that was the coolest thing, and I, and I, I stayed there. And um, I think the last two that left Salt Lake was me and Sandy McCarthy. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was, it was a really cool. Well, K KC, he's the guy that coached me in yeah at uh, at uh, Rochester. And actually, I spent after I got done with Rochester, I spent a summer up there uh, at that. I don't know what they called it, but. There was two. But anyway, I sat me and my buddy and a couple of, of my buddies from that team. I just sat and just were like trained every day. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It was it was awesome. Like three months. And get up and you and you're running three miles every morning. You get up, run, and then you do the weights and then you do the plyometrics. The log jump. Yeah. yeah, the log the, jump out there. We did the uh, you're on the courts. Yeah, the plyometrics afterwards. Then we go skate. Um, it was pretty cool. That know? was great. That's on the lake there in the Brainerd Area Civic Center. Yeah. I had a job driving Zam there, too. Got that one. <laughs> yeah. I hit a deer with my buddy's car. It sucked, too. But um, So you, you end up your first year uh, playing with the Richmond Renegades. Yep. I got released from Salt Lake City Golden Eagles in seven games there. So 
Um, never forget that day. The release just said, well, you know, general manager, you're not going to play for the, we don't think you can make the Calgary Flames. Thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. So I went home and I said, well, I'll just come home and finish my schooling because I had basically one class to go, you know. So I got to Minnesota, visited my family, and I thought, I'm not going to go back home. I'm going to give this a shot. It was just one short little thing. So Dave Allison um, went, was there watching. He said, if it ever doesn't work out for you, he goes, I think you're going to stick with the Calgary organization, but if it doesn't, here's my oh, card. Give me a call. Yeah. So I did, and I went down there and uh, got with Richard and the Renegades, and I talked to him. I said, listen, if I make this commitment, I want to I move up. Here's where I want to go. He said, all right, I'll work with you. He goes, don't you worry. He goes, you get in a bunch of games, you know, and I did. I got down there, and that's kind of where my, the, the fighting thing happened because nobody, nobody down there would fight on the team the first few games. I was like, I, I can't even believe this is happening. Somebody yeah. chirping right by the bench. I thought all these Western Hockey League guys, I, I thought they were supposed to be tough, you know. Yeah. And I'm looking at them like, you're going to take that? Yeah. You know, like, not, not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway. you guys pushed, pushed into it by default. Pushed into it. And I'm like, here's the college kid. And so I just went you know, after a few people out there. And the, and the thing, you kind of get labeled kind of as a tough guy. I never saw it that way. I was just kind of the guy that would, would back myself up and just get in a fight. I just didn't take any crap. It's not that I was tough. I, I just could by just who I, who I was. You know, I wrestled, was in, was in judo growing up, and I had good center of balance. And so it was, I was good at fighting. And uh, it really caught. And I thought, well, Hell, if that's that's one of the things that's going to probably help me go a little farther, yeah. you know. And it was, yeah, it really was. So, twenty games with the Renegades, and and uh, I'll never forget it. We had a party, so we had a team party. Um, I don't even remember what the function. I I think it was closer to Christmas or something, and uh, everybody's just getting ripped. And this is way back when. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the party, Dave Allison comes to me. Hey. You got a 6 a.m. flight uh, in the morning. It's all worked out. Uh, here's the paperwork here. You're going to uh, Capital District. And I mean, this is when I went and got ripped. Yeah. So <laughs> they, I go there. Butch Goring's a coach. And uh, the team had lost the day before. And he was just screaming and hollering at the guys. and went out skating with them in practice. And they're really good. They, these guys are really good. And, uh, and this, this, this is the Capital District Island. This is the Capital, AHL. This is AHL. This is big, this is big time. I mean, Everybody is, had played in the National Hockey League on that team. Yeah. Everybody wow. had had their shot, you know. So we're getting bag skated. I'm all dehydrated so bad from <laughs> drinking, but I won't quit, you know. And uh, I'll never forget. We go out there and we have a game that night. We got bag skated hard and my hands were just cramping up. I never forget it. And... Uh, I don't know. I talked to the manager. I said, you think I'm going to play? You know, he goes, oh, yeah, you're going to play. You know, a lot of tough guys are hurt. So here I was out there. I don't know who I fought. It just seemed like somebody. And I would end up getting in a fight out there. And they just loved it. Not really any fans there. There was, there was only a couple hundred people per game go watch up there. But, but yeah, they, they had some good players on the uh, on the capitalistic islanders so so you had a pretty tr easy transition obviously you like the rough stuff you don't mind yeah. fighting some guys you know have a hard time you know right. getting into that point especially being a 
skilled guy and then you're like now you're i'm gonna go it, out and but it was it uh how it's is, easier everybody is in position i mean you can get so frustrated with some people because it was like you pick up the puck when you're on defense and there's where's your outlets nobody's working hard to give you the actual space well up in the pros everybody's there you know everybody's accountable and they and they and back in those days they could hold up you know there's oh, no obstruction you. yeah uh back then it, now there is and so i could hold you up you, you're not getting by so it was kind of right up my alley it was strong i could hold it up and you let your buddy grab the puck has good vision he moves the puck you're you're down the ice you know so the pros was the transition was pretty easy yeah it's everything's going faster you know you know college is really really fast too college is fast yeah college is really fast, fast because it you know you're all held up until the Friday Saturday game, so everybody's just wound up. But the pros is really controlled, and your thought process is just, you know, it's more strategy. So when you're picking up the puck, you watch, you're watching the tempo, you're seeing a line change, and so after you play a lot of games, you're just thinking way better as a hockey player. So it just gets easier, and it's amazing how you de- you develop. And you know, you're not getting an ankle buster pass, you know. Right. You know, right. Everything's tape to tape. And, yeah, just a, it's just an unreal experience to see some of these guys that were played in the NHL and they come back down or how they're talking to you and stuff, give you a little extra guidance yep. and stuff. I mean, I was living for Dean Schnauth for a little while. Um, he was first-round draft for the Islanders yeah. and, and talking how things are up in the pros because I'm always asking questions. And um, and he was a tough yeah. son, of, son of a bee. I got, you know, John Blum played years in the minors. I played with him. The forwards, Greg Parks, he's he's dead now, but he played for Bowling Green. Amazing forward. Led the league in scoring and stuff like that. Uh, Rich Crom, Bill Berg played for Toronto. I mean, there was there was some, you know, Travis Green played obviously years yeah. in the NHL. There was there was some sweet talent. Some studs, yeah. Yeah. So so from there, I mean from that that point now you're kind of like you're on the list as like enforcer, right? I mean, oh man, it's I mean, happening. It's it's, uh, it's happening because like I, I I forget the name of the podcast you were just on. Um, I'm going to look it up here in a minute. But um, so you're on this podcast, Coliseum Chronicles. Coliseum Chronicles with Joe Lazito. Lazito, yeah, it's classic. The guy's it's good. good. Uh, it, it was it was fun to listen to. But I'm I'm listening to this thing and I'm like, okay, don't really know what it's about. I'm like, oh, this is about everyone who's ever been a fighter in within the Islanders organization. And that guy knew every damn guy. He was like rapping all these things. He was a collector. Unbelievable. But, but that's the first time I don't really see you as, as an enforcer. No, really. I mean, but then I'm like, Hey, this is all about fight. I was just kind of blown away. I was just like, (laughs) well, it wasn't to be honest with you. I I asked him about the same stuff. I said, you know, you could, you can look at some, some fights and he sent me like a DVD of some fights I was in. I'm like, I was trying to find some. I couldn't find any. I know you can't. And I had a DVD. I'm like, I'm like, Joe, I said, trust me. I was in them. I was there. There was a lot of them. Yeah. He goes, well, some, a lot of times it was on VHS and somebody never recorded the games and stuff like that. Like, what about this one? This one? I mean, I, I fought, uh, I mean, I was always fighting. I fought Jim Cummins like three times. I mean, he was a heavyweight in the National Hockey League. You know, Mark Potvin was one of them played for Hartford. Yeah. National Ho- Hockey League. Let's see. You know, I tried to fight Keith Primo, but he's a big Ooh, dude. He's a big, big dude. Big he's dude. like six five or. Oh big? yeah, he's, he's I don't know massive. what his height. He's, he's massive. He, you, you skate next to him, he's a big he's dude. Massive. So I mean, but there was they always you know Kirk Tomlinson was another one, and they love to fight, and so. You know, I just never backed away from it. But like I say, 
just because I could fight didn't make me a goon, but right. I just, I just grew up, you know, like the kid in the yard that just didn't get pushed around, you right. know, I would be duking it out. So yeah. you just stick up for yourself. And I was one of those guys and, and I, I could swing with both hands and I was good on my feet. So it, I think they underestimated me a lot. The only thing I can figure out, and I'm not saying I, I won every one and I don't know how you determine a winner. Cause you talk to any tough guy, how'd you do? Oh, I won that one. Now you look at the tape. No, you didn't win, you know? So maybe it's a case with me, but I, but I know I did really well on a lot of them where I shouldn't have. There it is. There it is. Yeah. I did really good. <laughs> I, on, the, on that podcast, I don't know how many times I said it, but you never said you kicked anyone's ass. And you said, I did really good. I'm not going to say one, but I did really good. So after listening to that, I'm, I'm assuming you're like 99 and one. I, I mean, it could be yeah. in my mind. Probably. You know, like I say, you did really I've been good. overserved. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Um, Whoever, uh, who's the guy I, I kind of lost in there? Rammer. Who's who's that? Bruce Ramsey. Well, he I played with him in um, Grand Rapids. Okay. The Rammer. Now you talk about a fight tape. I, I was at his house and we watched uh, his fight tape. I mean, it never ended. Fight after fight. So Rammer looks exactly like you, but with a big head, and his hands are just good-looking guy. <laughs> right, right. I didn't want. I didn't want to say. I was un- uncomfortable. You know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he he would get in the fights. I mean, he was about the choppiest skater you could ever imagine. But he never hurt you. Played extremely good position. But man, you talk about dropping him, and he would throw him. Him, him and I fought in the Colonial League one time. But he, but he, <laughs> I didn't want to say, it, but he did jump me, yeah. uh, right? Because he wouldn't fight me the three times where I held my gloves to my sides. Let's go. But when we got on the face off, said he wasn't going to fight, and then jumped me. So I couldn't get out of the holster. He had a hold of me, and then the refs jumped in. I'm like, you know, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. So as a teammate, I mean, it's awesome because he. I mean, I've seen him beat up Sawyer for that was he got called up a couple times with uh, uh, Dallas Stars. I watched him uh, kick the living crap out of him. Seen him beat the the, the uh, t- just lights out of so many people, and you'd never assume it if you saw him in the locker room. And he was one of those ones you'd never see it today. I mean, he's smoking in a locker room out in the hallway. I'm like, this really happens. You know, here he is. Crazy. But you saw the rammer, and he was just that kind of guy. But, boy, you talk about a guy that's going to stick up for you. He, he was our Bob Probert. Yeah. And I only seen him lose one fight. Mario, Le, Mario Roberge. Oh, man, he did not do well on that one. No. I mean, Mario Roberge was really tough. Well, you got, you got those guys that like some guys like you that don't mind fighting, but there's some other guys that are like next level. They, they love oh, man. to mix it up. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I fought Louis DeBrusque. Um, I don't, do you know who Louis DeBrusque is? So Louis DeBrusque was an old Edmonton Oilers, tough guy, and he's big. He's, at the time, he was probably – he was playing for San Antonio, and uh, he was cross-checking me for that. He's about 6'3", 260. And man, he's just given to me. And all of a sudden I turn around and I mean, I'm in one and he's swinging. And I, it's where I just felt the air going by my head when his, he was swinging and just Whoosh. kind of, oh yeah. <laughs> and you can just feel when you grab somebody, you feel the power that they have and you just know you're going to be in one. Yeah. So you try, oh, not, get, try oh, not to get yourself killed. And so I grabbed him right in the middle of the jersey and I kept, now I see it as a technique now, but. It doesn't. It wasn't really my plan, but I had a hold of him because all I could get a hold of, and he was just swinging wildly, and I just kept popping him right in the nose with the jersey, and it just kept making him matter, and he was missing, 
and he just nicked my helmet. I'm like, oh my God, he hits me. I'm going to be dead. I mean, he, I mean, dude, he was, a, he was a bear. I was 200 pounds. He was 260. I mean, he was, Jesus. A, and he just was an animal. And I, I have to, everybody's like, man, you did awesome. I think, you know, they're just pumping my tires. I'm like, Thank, thanks players. You know, I just, just saved myself from not dying exactly, out there. He was a big exactly. dude, yes. big dude. Survive that one. Yeah, Survive I, that. I, I was lucky. Stick tap, okay. stick tap, stick tap, yeah. <laughs> um, So, so you, uh, Come back to play for the Anchorage Aces at that time. This is uh, 90, uh, my eyes are bad, 93, 94. So this is right when it's getting going or 93? No, that was, uh, well, you jumped back. We jumped to the IHL. But after the Islanders, I did go back up to play um, just to move on and start working up here. And uh, that was when the Aces were a senior team. Right. And then we switched to, you know, a pro team. It's kind of the same, pretty much the same players up here well you pretty much took that ua team and yeah and then <laughs> added, the, added a couple of studs Fair, from fairbanks and, yep, hey, hey, and here you go there you go but Keep it, the ride going. it was amazing it was like the daily news was working against us if you've ever read the papers or paid attention you know they would take a snapshot of the teams that got invited up to watch along uh, in the early days of the aces and it'd be somebody in sweatpants and there'd be you know the editor the editor i forget what that one guy's never says anything nice never has anything nice to say anyways he's He's, he's, you know, ripping on Keith Street. You know, he's a bum. He's washed up. And I'm like, I don't know. I think our Aces team right now could could really give it to UAA or UAF. And I said, I, you know, this guy doesn't know what, but they got the press. And who was, was that? Always, who was that? The only one somebody that, will know. The it, only it, one that did hockey was Doyle, but there was no, Well, the letter to the Doyle. editor, they'd always print oh, his. And okay. I forget, he's Doyle. a local Reiner, Richard Reiner. That's that was oh, okay. Name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was always Debbie Downer talking yep. bad about yep. you know the ace. I do remember that. And that the, just the finally name. we got you know it would be like eight hundred people, thousand people, you know eighteen hundred, two thousand. All of a sudden we're getting we're getting a lot of people. And then the, like we'll go pro, and then we're getting more and more of a crowd. And then you know that's when Anchorage got the um, Anchorage Fresno thing going. Yeah, because those were absolute wars. You know, Chad Richards. Oh, yeah. Chad Richards Dude, playing back then. He's a guy I like to fight. Jason Smear. Jason Smear. Wade Brookbank. I mean, there was some dudes yeah. that would just flat out get it yeah. for some Dukers. And, uh, yeah, they those were some those were some good years. We had some tough teams. But, the, you know, Fresno would just fly in their players. They would just recruit somebody like Greg Spinrath. You know, they'd right. be down there. And, right. And they talk about somebody who just wants to fight all the time, you know. <laughs> so, had, speaking of fighting um, – what what is that? What is your take on fighting in, in hockey? I mean, like kind of like they're they're pushing, even at the youth level, not fighting, but they're pushing like hitting out of the game. You can't call it hitting; it's checking. Sorry. Yeah, that's what um, do. Uh, so what 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 do you what, what's kind of your take on fighting, in, at least at the pro level and, and checking I, in general? You know, I think there's a fighting is kind of it's exciting and stuff for the fans, and I don't mind in the roughness of the game that if it if it happens, it happens. To me, I always was baffled by the um, concept of having two tough guys in each team. They're irrelevant in the game, and then they go out there and fight. You saw it all the time. But hockey's the entertainment business. It's, right. it's entertainment. So they loved it. They don't bother anybody else. But I just thought, well, well, that didn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't you just have a tough hockey player who is very skilled that could fight, just play, but you, gotta, you still got to play, you know? And so I, 
I think there's a lot of value in, in being tough and knowing how to defend yourself. And I don't have a problem with a fight breaking loose. Um, I, I don't think there's a place for it. I, I know a lot of people probably look at me like, what are you talking about? I, I don't think it's a, a place to set up. And then when you get done with a fight, to me, it's the dumbest thing. Like, hey, nice fight. Yeah. No, no, I, I, you got to be kidding me. I got my first fight in IHL, and Mitch Wilson tried to gouge my eye out. You know, but in the spirit of stuff, yeah. I had the same respect too. I'd punch him right in the mouth off the ring. You know, I didn't like the guy. Right. But I don't mind fighting. I, you know, I'd say if there's a fight, a game or two, hey, everybody loves it. But I don't want to see the goon that can't skate and ruin right. it because they hit somebody with talent that everybody came to see and nobody wanted to see you know the non-talented person and i i guess there's a, a place for especially not when you're young and stuff like that i'm all about you know i would like kids to play physical i i think it's a shame that they've taken some of the hitting out um they're really ruining it it's 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 turning into more like nothing against basketball because i do like to watch but some basketball but it seems to be very soft even basketball today isn't played like it was right years ago the but pistons i think people like this i think the people like the theater of of hockey it has the mystique of being tough and if you know you watch it on tv and you can if you want to take a nap sometimes you know watch watch some of these the teams that don't don't even hit yeah yeah i mean you might see some cool moves and stuff out there but you know you want to see a little turmoil out there you want to see a little drama yeah you know? well it's you can only see so many of the fancy toe drags and stuff it, it is good to see some Somebody oh. get knocked on their ass. Every well, once I love what you're saying. You got to pop them. Somebody yeah. runs your goalie, and then ten guys go fucking go at it. That's great. Yep. But if something ticky tack happens on the play, and then the whistle blows, then the ref drops the puck, and two guys dance. It around, doesn't make any sense. And then they pat each other on the ass. Come on, give me a break. That just yeah. It didn't make sense. I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of that. And I was I never understood it. And people got on me once in a while about you know there's that respect. You know, a guy hits the ground, you don't hit him when he gets down. Like I was never that way, and I thought I was. I probably that's why I had a reputation. Like, you hit the ground, I'm still going to punch in the face till right. it really gets broken up. You right. know, like, I'm right. going to send a message and there's going to be a little bit of craziness where you're going to get hit. Yeah. And I'm the, so there's, I, I've never understood that, the gentleman. There's no gentleman thing. You just went across the ice and almost elbowed me in the face and almost took me out for the season. What's gentleman about that? Right. You know, like, right. You know, you're going to get it. That, that's so, awesome. It, I've got a story here. You brought his name up, Mitch Wilson. There's a story that uh, Steve had relayed to me uh, that you, you guys are in Salt Lake. I'll let you take it. I I went down with Salt Lake, and we're playing our first series against San Diego. And uh, Stevie was on the San Diego team but just got released in the hotel. He came to see me in the hotel. Hey, Stevie, how you doing? Hey, hey, Turbo, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. He goes, I'm just pulling for you so hard, you know. You can make this team. And he's, you know, Steve, he's just pumping my tires, you know, making me feel great. And I'm like, Steve, you know, tell me, what do you think I need to do? You know, like, give me something, you know. Give me, tell me something I need to know coming in here. He goes, well, he goes, well you know, a fight wouldn't hurt. He goes, but whatever you do, don't fight Mitch Wilson. <laughs> I'm like, well, who's Mitch Wilson? Well, Mitch Wilson is probably he's probably 5'8", but he's probably about as wedgy compact of a human being as you could ever imagine. <laughs> the wedge. <laughs> oh, he's, he's Ty Domi. He's Ty, little, I was going to say Ty Domi. The he's mutt, the, like the, the little Ty Domi, and he's nasty. And uh, so Stevie tells me, he says, goodbye, all right, I'm going to take my pregame nap, whatever, and I'm just thinking, why would he tell me that? No, I'm, I'm 
fighting Mitch Wilson. You know, I'm going to go for this. So no, jo no joke. And our whole team had a lot of tough guys with, on, our, uh, on our team. And so we had something happen behind the net, and I went for the puck, and I just I ran him. I put the body on him. I didn't really kill him. But all of a sudden, I knocked him. I had knocked him down. I just remember being right over him, and I looked at the jersey, and it says, Wilson. And I'm like, oh, boy. And just like I wound up a, like a, something that just come uncoiled, he goes, you want a piece of me? <laughs> and he come up, and I was like, oh, boy. And I grabbed his jersey, and I'm like, I'm in one. And he just, the gloves and just everything just happened so fast. My adrenaline, 150, you know. And so I started just, you know, I started just feeding him. And in my mind, I told the story. I never saw the, the tape until later. It was on TV, though. And I'm like, man, I don't know how long that was. Man, that was just a long, long fight. I got in there, and I, I hit him really hard, three good ones. And I just remember at the end of it, the refs got in and he has his finger in my eye. He's trying to do it. And I literally, yeah, I tried to literally turn my mouth and bite his finger. I mean, this is nasty. He's a nasty guy. Yeah. So it's over and everybody in the locker room, you know, because they looked at me like a college boy and I, you know, had the cutoff shirt and, and contrary to what I look like now, I was in no, we good saw shape. pictures there. We got Facebook <laughs> pictures. I got some. Any, anyways, they're in the locker room and everybody's like, so those muscles just aren't for show and everybody's, and the yeah. manager goes, do you see Turbo kick his ass? And they, they, they were just all over it. He didn't kick his ass. He did really good. <laughs> he, really, he did really good. <laughs> yeah. I did really good. So they were, they, they were all pumped up. And I, I, I think I told that on the other podcast. I mean, I really hit him hard yeah. because you hit the heavy bag. And I'll never forget, I saw him the next day and I looked at his face and I'm just thinking, man, he's got he's a wealth. up. No. I might as well hit him with a pillow and you couldn't tell it. I mean, the dude was meant for it. His face was just canvas. And I'm like, that's unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I fought Mitch Wilson, 500 penalty minutes a year. You can look up his stats. It he was had no, he, He's a goon. Yeah, he, he, he fit really, the definition of a goon. He enjoyed it. Like, he, yeah, he enjoyed it. He was nasty. I'm starting to think you enjoyed it a little bit after that. Last well, like, <laughs> that day I did. I was got all the kudos. He did really good. Yeah. He did really good. Um, I got a story from a couple of stories from Pete I got to share before I forget. Um, uh, talk about some goalie gave you the nickname. Uh, maybe it was in the A. Toots. Toots. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. That that's true. Um, Moss did uh, down in Grand Rapids, and you know, I guess playing for the Aces so long, and everybody knows me. I can talk freely with you, and or say I'm a really kind of a big deal around here, and everybody knows you're joking. Yeah, yeah. You're not serious. You're not an arrogant bastard. Well. I started talking. I'm a little older, talking to those guys. I just got down to Grand Rapids, and uh, I got Tyler Moss down there. He's a good goaltender, and we're all hanging around, and I'm, talk I'm just grabbing for conversation. seems like all they're doing is playing with their phones or just sitting there kind of quiet. I'm talking about this and that, and, oh, I played this, and I did that, or something like that. And I didn't mean to come across like I was bragging or something like that, and I don't even know what I said, but he, I heard, like, toot. Like in the locker room, like for a day or two, coming out there, toot, what the hell, toot? I don't, I don't get it, toot. Then I finally put two and two together oh. that he was, he must have said behind the said, look at this guy, he's talking about himself all the time. He's like, toot, toot. Yeah. And I couldn't stop laughing. So I never, it was the kind of lessons learned. I was like, you know, shut your pie hole. A yeah. Bit, but tooting his own horn. Tooting his own horn. So I told it for years and I even talked to Moss afterwards. I just loved the story. It was the greatest. We hung around all the time. Yeah. But it was the, the other Pete fun. story in, in a true, you know, I guess, uh, brother-in-law fashion. Uh, 
take us through the uh, Aces are playing the Gold Kings. You guys have just won the national tournament. This is yeah. the second year, going back-to-back, trying to go back-to-back. Right. Uh, evidently, from what Pete says, Dino is like a shoe-in. Most likely got MVP written all over him. He's freaking uh, leading the team in points. or like as tournament. A defenseman. Tournament, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's on fire. And then yeah. what happens uh, in that? Oh, he would bring that up. And that's kind of the funniest thing. Now that other people... <laughs> so, and anyways, literally, guys are having a good time down there. Every game, I'm like scoring. And I don't know what was going on, but I was, I was carrying the group until the last game. Well, I don't know what it was in the championship game. I, I fell apart. Like, you're on defense. You try to thread the puck through, hit the pads, go by. You know, I, hit, I shot the pa- a puck into um, – Cahill chin pad. Yeah. And naturally, you think a goaltender could bail you out one time. Nope. So I shot it in the pads. We ended up losing, I think it was four to three maybe, to the Gold Kings or whatever. We missed it. And everybody looked at me at that moment like, you know, I screwed it for the aces. But like, you son of a bitches. I was, got the game-winning goal in every single game before that. But, you know, don't. In that game where you're doing a lot of this, look at your stick. I couldn't even think of anything. Good. I was just, that beer was as sour as sour could taste afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- thanks for that one, Pete. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, what a jerk. Yeah, yeah. It's Pete being Pete. Um, so, I mean, you've been, you've been all over. You come back to, to Anchorage. Um, and one thing I want to talk, I want to talk about, I mean, because everyone knows, like the other guy said in the thing, you, you YouTube, you that incident comes up. Yeah. Um, and I listened to that whole podcast, and I I learned something new, as did Steve listen to that as well. Um, so right out of the gate, I mean, you see that, and it's just it looks vicious, it looks nasty. Looks like he killed him. Looks like he killed him. Mm-hmm. However, and I did not know this yeah. until. And I think that's, that's why we want to bring it. And that's why it was in the, in the uh, intro. I know you don't, and that's probably not your proudest moment right. as a hockey player. Right. And you did so much, uh, so many good things prior to, I mean, mm. obviously. And, uh, but you never even hit the fucking guy. Never hit him. You that never was, touched him. That was, that, was, that was the biggest crime ever. That's what nobody listened. And I, even when I was, you know, they arrested me after the game. They took, for the people listening, I went, they, they had seven officers outside of the, so this Hotel is, this is Jacques, Jacques Mayotte. Is that yeah. how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Yeah, because you wouldn't get up and fight. Right. And because we had a history we'd fought before, and and uh, he wouldn't get up and fight and just settle it. Well, then he was taunting me, how's your tooth? Because he knocked out right. my tooth up out here uh, with a cross check right in my mouth. And you see the scar it went right yeah. through. And so I thought, well, he's going to get one. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't get up and fight. And he laid down. He would not get up and fight. And when he said, how's your tooth? How's your tooth? I was like, man, I, and I gave him the jabbing motion and it it went by his head i think if it would have hit him it would have killed him but it, it was like it was probably a good four inches to the left of his head never hit him and well then he faked like a soccer player and rolled on the ground mm-hmm. and then the you know when they were questioning me like oh no you hit him i no, i was there I, I i was there and if i wanted to hit him i'd have hit him in fact i would have swung my stick at his head not jabbed at him right you know well the, the thing the thing that i noticed about it at and then watching that again because i watched it a few times um you can tell you did you can tell yeah. just by the mechanics of what's going on it, yeah it, it didn't like stop you're, you're right yeah it went right by and came yeah. back yeah um there's even another shot that i don't even know where the shot is it even looks worse than that and i'm like no way 
It, it's like, no it's, way. It's crazy. And yeah. and uh, and the thing is, he's in this position. If you guys have never seen it, whatever. But he's down like on his knees or something. Yeah. If you wanted to, like you said, if you yeah. wanted to have him toothless or eyeless, yeah. it would yeah. have been over or or knocked or, out. Yeah. yeah. And. He, he didn't even leave the game. That's right. What, he didn't even leave the game. He kept playing. So that's one thing that never got brought up. It was like a, I don't want to say conspiracy, but it was a fucking scam. I mean, they it was fucking, a scam. They arrest you at the hotel. Like, fucking, really? Seven people. It was a big deal. Handcuffed. I don't know if you've ever been, a, you never want to be in the back of a squad car, but there's like zero room. There's like, it's like six inches of space. You're crowded. I got the cuffs. I, and it was the, it's so bad is when the police officers like, Oh, don't worry. When we get out of here, we'll just take the cuffs off. This is, you know, yeah, this is a bunch of baloney. So they did that. And I just never forget. We, we were, we went to the municipality and they had all these, everybody's in shackles, shackles to get, we're in Fresno. It's a tough town. So not a nice town. Now. Yeah. So we're in there. Everybody's getting fingerprinted. And I'm like, I got, it's cold out. And they had those cuffs on tight and the, all the cops are coming over to me to hear the story. And they're all laughing and joking. I'm talking to them like, and they take the cuffs off me. Everybody else is handcuffed. And I just. You're having coffee with the guys. And they're like, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere. Like, yeah, you could flee. I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to go for a run. I said, I don't know. I just came from a hockey game. And they're all laughing and joking. So I was the only one with the cuffs off there. And it was the biggest joke to them. And uh, then when I got booked in the county jail later, Tim Molly's brother had worked in the, in the county jail and told stories and then they heard about the hockey team and then it happened it was amazing such a small world out there oh, then they got time. i got booked and got out of there but everything gets extremely serious when it gets to a county jail but anyways it, it was a it was a bad moment in my career because it comes up all the time yeah and uh um well, i wish it wouldn't happen but it was definitely all over the news but that guy and i had had history before and we had been in fight, and he's a tough dude. You go, you go to YouTube and watch how many fights he's been in. Yeah. In the NHL, he's been in. He's a tough dude, big yeah. dude. Yeah. And but the problem is, like, it would have been settled. Yeah. You know, just drop the gloves and just have at it, and would have been settled, and I'd have been fine. What and, a shit stain. Yeah. I, I just, I just want to, I don't want to tell that story because, again, I have been around for a while, and. I never knew that. I just assumed. I mean, when yeah. you see that thing, you're like, "Oh shit! Ooh, <laughs> ah, right. That's gonna hurt." But you never hear the rest of the story. You hear, "Oh, like, Dean Troyes got arrested," and uh, blah yeah. blah blah. And so, anyway, for everyone listening out there, uh, never even made contact, and the guy never even left the game, so he didn't have a mark on his pretty little head. So, right. Well, here's yeah. the irony I found it. So he got suspended for 27 games, oh, yeah. which yeah. was the rest of the regular season. Yep. Like, why didn't they just boot you out in the league? Because when the playoffs, playoffs started, baby. you right. were fine. The Hale rule. Right. That's the Hale rule. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so crazy. I was it, on the plane no flight. I, just, I don't know. It was a couple days later or whatever when the Marjorie McSorley incident happened where it hit Brashear. And he got the, oh, like, yeah. the same amount of games. And I rem- remember it was, it was so awkward where the stewardess said, yeah, supposedly it's the largest suspension ever in professional hockey. I'm like, <laughs> I know somebody might say different. <laughs> So, but it wasn't, wasn't a proud moment, but I just remember my wife was nine months pregnant when this was happening, um, ready to deliver a baby. And here I possibly would be in the Fresno jail. It was just a weird, weird, because it was an assault with a deadly weapon. And it just was, you're in the twilight zone. So where, where did that come from? Like who, who, who pushed the buttons to do that? Was that their organization? Jock? Was that? Well, him? I think he had bad, bad guidance. Um, so I, 
I couldn't, it was just the weirdest thing where I couldn't even speak my piece. The, the, even the police officer, yeah, you did. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And uh, it just, it just grew legs and, and uh, the whole team um, freaking had to get out of bed, get enough money for me to get bailed out of jail. Each guy paid 300 bucks. And I never knew if um, Key Street told me, it wasn't too many years ago. He goes, yeah, you never paid me my 300 bucks. I was like, what are you talking about, 300 bucks? And literally, um, I would have paid people back for sure. I had no idea. Because the Sulla Marina, uh, when through, everybody was throwing money on the ice to help, they had to stop during the game to pick up all the money. And that money was supposed to uh, go to all the players that gave the bail, bail money. I mean, we're talking a lot of yeah, money. Everyone, yeah. Nobody knows where that money went. True, true story. Who was the Who was the owner of the Aces then? Is that well? The, that was Mike Cusack. Mike Cusack. Yeah. But you know, who knows where it went? I mean, probably the Zam driver. Damn, Richard Pickens. Some, I'm, kidding. Somebody, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Norman, those guys down there, yeah. rat holing it. Right. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, that that I'm think thankfully we cleared that up and like yeah. uh, I said, it's it's a. I'm sure you'd, you'd do it all over uh, again, but. You know, so it's one of those things. Hockey, as we talk about, is a very um, emotional game. Right. As you know, and I, you're a very uh, intense, emotional player. Yeah. Um, but on a lighter note, I, I have got some other things here. I want to uh, – people may not know. Again, we talked about locker room value. Um, and uh, I would have loved to been a fly on the wall uh, with, with you and Larson. But uh, um, you got the – you're, you're a WWE guy or WWF guy, a fan, I guess. And uh, we saw a little Macho Man impression on TikTok. Can't believe you're on TikTok. That's pretty cool, actually. I wish I was on TikTok. Not really. Well, um, two vids doesn't make Yeah. <laughs> but, but I have an account, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> so, so can you give us a little uh, a Macho Man impression? Because it's one of my favorite guys, and I, I do an impression. Not near, I'm not going to do it. Not nearly, nearly as good as you. I'm, I don't know if I can pull it off, but I'll give it a shot. Okay, okay. Are you ready, ready for the okay. macho man? Yeah. Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Do something, Rito. You're right. You, you. Hockey. Hockey here in the big town. Yeah. We're way deep down in the valley. Steve Lines. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Effing Lines. Yeah. Off the top rope, Lines. I don't know who's watching, but yeah. He ain't watching nothing. Yeah. Macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cream of the crop. <laughs> uh, dude, okay. The next one I want to hear. I know we got a little. Um, and I've heard the Donald Duck. You do. It's awesome. <laughs> but we got a little story um, that you want to tell, maybe about. I don't even know about a guy named BJ or. Can we do that? Or I mean, we can on our end. But uh, if you don't want to do it, you can just speak Donald Duck. But there's a. Story. I'll speak Donald Duck. I can't do. I can't okay. do that. Okay. That's, that's fair. I'll that's keep fair. it a PG. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Okay. So I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. You ready for the Donald Duck? Donald Duck, here we go. Take one. Okay. Go, boys. I'm ready to talk. And where's my other beer? I'm ready to get another beer, please. Okay, here we go. Now it's your turn. Let me tell you something. You're not a bad hockey player. You're, good. you're pretty good. And I do pretty good, right? <laughs> you did pretty good. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> uh, that one, okay, I'm going to go. We're not going to do that. Uh, but you also are, um, uh, I love the monologuing that you do on, on, on your social media. It's, it's, it, it, anyone, you're going to get like probably 
Well, I'm, I almost said a thousand likes after people listen to this, but maybe like two, which right? Is, which is better than we'll take it. Better than nothing. But uh, but you also uh, a self-made guitarist, and uh, maybe maybe not right now, but maybe after we'll do a special vid with with a little a guitar action. Um, but before we leave, before we wrap it up here, um, am I missing anything? Uh, dude, you've been everywhere. You are you are a local legend, uh, Toots, for sure. That's not that's not a thing. You are you are you are a lo- local legend. But uh, but one thing I want to talk about uh, real quick is uh, you know you, you coached a lot too. You had a good. I mean, you probably coached for twenty three, twenty four, twenty five years. I don't know. Twenty three. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, like I said, we've talked about before too. Uh, in the event that UA does uh, ever leave, hopefully they don't but you know that's a huge part like guys like you who stuck around and you said in the other podcast about alaska hockey is that you know thank god because there's only you know guys like my dad and those guys are they would be in like in their 80s now coaching right. you guys came in and we're talking knowledgeable guys know the game and and stuck around married a local gal mm-hmm. uh and it helped out not the, bad the youth Hey, I used to I used to take your your wife Tiffany grew up on the uh, Fire Lake Lower Fire Lake. I was on Upper Fire Lake, so we used to take the bus together to to, to school. Right, she was so quiet, so quiet. Never said anything. Just still is. Yeah, yeah. She's still not said a word. But uh, thank you for um, for what you've done for youth hockey. So um, very rewarding. I got to say, for anybody who had have had any doubts of coaching, go in, and it's amazing how you coach them when they're young kids, and all of a sudden. They're grown men if you've been around. It's unbelievably rewarding because I, I work at Polar Supply, I sell construction stuff, and I have people that come in all the time that I've coached before, you know, boys and girls, or friends of who I coached. Oh, hey, Mr. Chihuahua, you know. Yeah. And the player, that I, I tell you what, and it's just a, it's just a uh, common denominator. Everybody has something to talk on about, something hockey, and it's a good uh, icebreaker for a conversation or something or tie it in or yeah you're with me kind of thing and i mean man it's like it's it's like the mafia once you get in you never get out right. part of it you right know? And, it come, and, and, and you're right those guys come full circle that you've coached and the girls Big you've time. coached you're like holy shit you'd be in a bar <laughs> they're like hey coach remember me i'm like I holy shit <laughs> no i don't i mean yeah, you do. i mean you know, like the, yeah, i remember when you were nine yeah, that's right what I, I see you as a nine-year-old hockey player with your mask on and boogers and your and your right whatever but uh but yeah, thanks for doing that, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad we were able to uh, get you on. And, and, and basically, my biggest thing was clearing up that 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 incident, that Mayotte incident, because man, I I can't believe I did not know that. I mean, well, for years it had been with me. I was so mad um, for years, just like it was so unjustified. And when they, they had, I mean, this was on CNN and, and stuff all over the place. And so. What I was so frustrated with is it's like nobody would really listen that that was a piece because I forget what, what radio station it was, was playing it nationwide, and people started lighting it up and defending me. They're like, no, you don't know Turbo. Right. Yeah. He's, not, he's not that guy. Yeah. He's, he's not that guy. And, yeah, I was unfortunate. Yeah, I probably shouldn't swing my stick. Even though I didn't hit him, I should, probably shouldn't have swung the stick. But it wasn't uncommon. It's happened many times before. Yeah. You know, would I have liked it to play it out differently? Yeah, yeah, but it certainly had a shitty turnout. Yeah, you know? but yeah, but it's, well, it's on by. I, when even <laughs> when I was coaching, like I remember one parent was going to the other coach, like, "Is he going to be okay coaching our kids?" You know, it was a genuine concern. You know, I had talked to him, like, "No, I," you know. Well, no, that that was the the common the common theme I know from me is like, dude, that that's not 
that that's not the guy we know for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I can't believe like sitting here. I cannot believe. I, cause I thought you at least clocked him on the side of the head or something. Nope. You never touched him. And then, looking at him. that video, you can see how you went. It went by his head left, and like if you would have hit him, it would have jarred your body. It would have done something. It was just it would have cut him. A, or, oh, look at how easy it is to be cut. Up. Oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, so crazy. whatever. It's a crazy event. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to end on that note. I mean, this is we have a huge. I, I would assume uh, Aces following um, because the Aces are gone, and, and we're the next biggest thing. <clears throat> obviously toot toot but right, uh, right, right. <laughs> can we just for a few minutes just touch on some of the good times because you i'm looking at this list you played with some amazing players who are very very good friends to this day right right and uh you're kind of a local legend and just a little something for the aces fans just kind of take us down memory lane one or two stories maybe people haven't heard about uh some of these some of these names i'm, I'm looking down here i'm seeing well, Street, obviously, Larson, Rowe, Williams, George Wilcox. He was, you might forget, but I, I used to um, break up some of your fights. Oh. Um, that's another pod for another <laughs> right. time. That's right. But uh, just let's end this on the good note and just uh, say hi to some of your buddies and, and maybe throw them under the bus. The guys don't we, work. We did that to you. <laughs> just oh, for my, the guys don't. I'm already a stop. I wouldn't be able to stop. I mean, there, there's so many. It's, it's, it's hard to define. I can't think of. Uh, some things that were pretty funny with the Aces, but I just love being with Dean Larson, just one of many people. I mean, George Wilcox was a, a, a favorite of a lot of fans. Uh, Dallas Ferguson was a ends up he's a he's a uh, big time college yeah. coach, building relationships that way. I mean, he's he's always texting me on nice things on the side, you know, just kind of reaching out Christmas or happy birthday or something like that. Derek Donald, Brian Kraft. I mean, Brian Kraft now has given me, like, you know, uh, all the, the, like, a nice Patagonia jacket and stuff to come to his lodge. He's invited me to his lodge. I've never gone. Yeah. But, I mean, he's yeah. invited. But if he's a good friend of mine. Always has something nice. We'll go to, out there with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Always on. something nice to say. I mean, yeah. Uh, just some of the guys are just, I mean, they're real people. Um, you know, Tim Wally, I'm good friends with him. Um, you talk about a tough guy there. Unbelievable. I remember watching him play at UA. It was just, yeah. Yeah. And Beast he had a lot man. of skill. You know, he scored a hat trick Dude, one time. Yeah. He's, he's, he scored a hat trick. He's a skilled guy. Yeah. Who can fight too. But I, like you. We won the, when we won the national title, the only thing I can think of something pretty funny. Good friend of mine, Tony Link. He, he, Link is a good guy. He, oh, he's a really yeah. good guy. So Tony and I were celebrating and we're just getting ripped in the Fresno Hotel. Senior championship. And we're just always, I don't think we would mature after 14 years of age, guys. <laughs> don't. We just don't. So here we are. We're partying up a storm. We, get, we move our party to the pool because we're too loud in the hotel or whatever. And so we're drinking. Tony just bought some kind of nice cowboy boots. They're rattlesnake skin, something really nice or whatever. And I don't know why. We're walking right by to this day, and I shoved them right in the pool. And I have no idea. I felt bad after. Like, why did I do that? And like. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And he, so it still reminds me to this day. And he had know? the snakeskin boots on, ruined them? Yeah, it ruined the snakeskin boots. So. <laughs> well, he didn't press charges, so. <laughs> right. Well, that was a good thing, you know. That was a positive note on Fresno. But Tony Link was, was the most innocent guy in the world, nicest guy to be around, and I shoved him in the pool. That was a bad moment, too, in my career. And, but he, he, he's all over me now every year about that, you know, about how much those boots were. And so it's good stuff. One of the good stories I had, but he was a – he was a hell of a, you know, he was drafted by the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers, local yeah. boy, Dude, yeah. local boy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's a stud. His kids, uh, uh, Brett plays. Brett's playing USHL this year. Yep. Uh, my son Gavin was down at the Fairbanks camp where he played last year. Like, Brett played at Fairbanks, ripped it up. Yeah. And uh, I, I texted Tony. I was like, yeah, it's unfair to have a McDonald and Link on the same team. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, but then he went to USHL. So, and Gavin went down to AAA. 18th but anyway uh yeah great dude great, yeah great he's family. one of them and you have you have character people you meet all over town like mark knuckleby doesn't be good oh god character yeah yeah like him. and i see these guys in men's league you know you run i just love it it's just like a family all around you can you can be apart for six months and all of a sudden you get back together and it's like you pick right up yeah so that's why the greatest thing about hockey you know everybody's like family you get together and i mean you just just start right up that's a, it's a yeah. small world for sure. Oh my gosh, you just it's amazing. It's amazing. So, I'm so fortunate to be playing hockey and how we met was incredible. Yeah. So, it's just just a small world. I took I took his number too. But uh, right, right. Put some <laughs> offense into as, that as, number. As a forward, not much. Uh, <laughs> I scored a couple of big goals here, but not not much. Uh, that wasn't my game, but uh yeah, it it's awesome that uh we have that connection um that our dads played together, the Taconite. My dad called the Horny Hornets. Uh, I don't know what that was their official name, but uh, no, it, it is a small, small world. So, uh, Dino, thank you, Turbo Toots, whatever you want to call you. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on the pod. And uh, Big thrill for me. Big yeah. thrill. We yeah. appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude, and uh, yeah, we love you, and, and thanks for all you do for uh, for hockey and, and uh, Alaskan hockey in general. So, appreciate it, man. Ah, you guys are the best. All right. I think we'll uh, – time for Dump and Change.